This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. Welcome to the show. That's Trav. I'm Drew. And I'm Trav. This is the Overdue Homework Podcast. And as always, we are here to talk about 80s and 90s media. Did you do your homework? I did my homework. Obviously, you did your homework. <laughs> did you do your homework out there in podcast land? Dun, dun, dun. Did you? Just answer the question. I hope you did. <laughs> uh, d- do your homework with us. You can contact us at overduehomeworkpodcast at gmail.com. Trav, how are you doing? I'm doing super good. I like this whole tradition of doing this on my off day. <laughs> I just thought this is like the third, maybe fourth one we've done on your in off day. A, yeah, in a row, yeah. which is nice. So that works for me. You always get a good mood, Trav, when, yes. when we do that. But uh, how are you? How's uh, your day go? Uh, really good. Um, uh, everything's been really great, honestly. Uh, um, I don't have anything to complain about. Well, I do have something to uh. complain about. <laughs> uh, we made the switch from cable internet to uh, fiber optic internet. Sure. And uh, it was supposed to be like a one-day thing. They were supposed to come. They were supposed to install the fiber optic thing, free installation, the $199 value. Nice. That was awesome. Um, they get there, the guy comes, he drills the hole in the wall, he gets the fiber optic cable in there, and then he's down in the basement sighing for like four hours. (sighs) 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 And finally he tells my wife, uh, I couldn't figure it out, I have to go. All right. (laughs) And my wife goes, are you going to come back? Yeah, 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 yeah. When? (laughs) See you later. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) They didn't come back the next day. We had to call and be like, uh, we don't have internet. Yeah. That's well, kind of a thing. That's kind of a thing we need. It's 2023, you know. Oh, yeah, somebody will be out there today. Nope, no, nobody showed up. No one showed up. <laughs> that's customer service. That's customer service. Day three for a two-hour installation, dude finally shows up. Takes him another four hours to get it figured out. A few more size. <laughs> a few more size. And apparently, we were one of six households in the nation that had this issue with our modem that they installed. You've got to be kidding me. Yeah, so I think, I'm thinking he's just making something up at that point. Right? Uh, he's kind of just be. making what are you something up, right? About? Uh, lucky for them, they already gave us that free installation and we get the first month free. So Nice. That's cool. Yeah. Still, two hours. One out of six. Come on. At least increase that number. It makes it a little more believable. Yeah, it One out was. of six. One out in of the six. nation. The whole nation. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. Uh, so that happened. <laughs> We've been really happy with the service since then. Nice. One gig paralleled speeds or whatever. You know? nice. So great. Whatever. Everything's running really fast. Ever since we got that Google Home thing that you Big suggested, I've never had troubles. Like a couple Super random buffering spots on Disney Plus, I think, but yeah. nothing else. No game-related issues, so it's awesome. Yeah, you hear that, Google? I use Google Mesh System, too. It's really, really great. Boom. You hear that, Google? Google, Google, <laughs> Google. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, for today's podcast, I uh, used a single website and their article, 25 Facts About Jurassic Park, and that website was alltherightmovies.com. So, boom. There you go. Found that link from is Google. Found from Google. <laughs> that uh, uh, that link is in the show notes as always. 
Um, are you ready for the review, Trav? I'm ready. So, of course, we did Jurassic Park, 1993's Jurassic Park. Um, it was based on a book called Jurassic Park from 1990, uh, written by Michael Crichton. Uh, so there was a bidding war on this book, like, immediately when it came out. Hollywood was like, I want to make that movie. You know, yeah. so everybody was bidding for it. Um, Warner Brothers was in the running. Guess who they wanted? Warner Brothers, early 90s. Who did they want? Some sort of Batman. Tim Burton. Oh, that's Tim who, That's who they wanted to direct uh, their uh, Jurassic Park. Nice. Could you imagine a Tim Burton Jurassic Park? Uh, I mean, I can imagine it, but it would not be as nearly as awesome as much as I like Tim Burton. I I, if he made his own movie, I would like to see that movie. I'd like to see it. Yes, I'd like to see it. it It'll never It'd happen. be a totally different feel, though. <laughs> it would be a completely different feel. Yeah. Like... 1993 is post Batman, yep. post uh, Beetlejuice, pre Edward Scissorhands, or right around that time is 93, yeah. right? So he would have been in some weird, dark, gothic mood, like always, I <laughs> yeah. guess. So it would have been an interesting movie. Maybe uh, the T Rex would have had like eyeshadow or something, right. or eyeliner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. You there we go. Uh, James Cameron wanted to make the movie too. Which They're, is pretty cool. Nice. Um, uh, the rights were snapped up, though, hours before he was able to make his bid. Uh, Cameron said that his version would have been like Aliens from 1986 uh, with dinosaurs. So maybe in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cameron wanted Charlton Heston as Hammond. Okay. Bill Paxton as uh, Dr. Ian Malcolm. Okay. And Arnold Schwarzenegger as Alan Grant. Oh, my God. Give me the Velociraptors. <laughs> I want the Velociraptors. <laughs> that would have been amazing. That would have been amazing. Velociraptors. Tim Burton <laughs> and Arnold team up. Yeah, yeah, that would have been pretty crazy. Um, of course, this movie was directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, Universal obviously won the bidding war for the movie, and due to a successful relationship with uh, Steven Spielberg, they asked him to direct, so pretty... I don't know. They're like, hey, you do this. And he was like, sure. I'm like the biggest director in the world right now. So I'll do that for yeah, sure. I can do that. Uh, Spielberg was actually in pre-production on another movie at the time when he was on for Jurassic Park. And that movie was the big screen adaptation of the television series. Well, not the adaptation of the television series. ER. It was ER oh. was supposed to be a movie before it was made into a television really? show. So. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. <laughs> That's never knew that. No, I never knew that either. That's uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, Spielberg wanted his next movie after Jurassic Park to be Schindler's List. So he, the head of Universal at the time, basically said, if you make Jurassic Park, we'll make Schindler, Schindler's List. So that's nice. how that got made. Nice. <laughs> and so he did it. <laughs> And actually, uh, he made Schindler's List actually the same year as Jurassic Park. Oh, crap. Which is crazy to make both those movies at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when production wrapped up on Jurassic Park, Spielberg went directly into making Schindler's List. He had zero break. Uh, he was working on both films at the same time. Uh, Spielberg was filming Schindler's List during the day and working with Michael Kahn, the editor of Jurassic Park, at night via satellite, like satellite phone calls in 1993. Nice. He paid, let me see, where is this? He paid, uh, so he was in Poland uh, filming Schindler's List. Mm -hmm. He paid a Polish television uh, station to use their satellite uplink to make these phone calls to talk with the uh, editor of Jurassic Park. And he kept them open at all times at the cost of $1.5 million a week. 
Holy crap. <laughs> <laughs> to make two movies at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, definitely the uh, biggest director in the world at the time. Quite yeah. the uh, quite the pull that guy seems to have had. Chump change. Chump change. 1.5 million? That's chump change. That's chump change. <laughs> but it's not chump change to Dennis in this movie. Not to Dennis. That's exactly how much money he was yeah. going to make. 1.5 million. Uh, this movie was starring Sam Neill as Dr. Alan Grant. The role was originally offered to many others, including Kevin Costner. Dennis Quaid, Mel Gibson, Richard Dreyfus, Robin Williams. Robin Williams. Yes. Kurt Russell turned it down. So Kurt Russell was going to be Dr. Alan Grant, but he turned it down because they couldn't agree on salary. All right. Uh, and then it was also turned down by Harrison Ford. Oh, yeah. crap. He said it was too close to being Indiana Jones, so he's like, nope, I ain't doing it. Kind of. Kind of. They wear a similar hat. Yeah, they wear a similar <laughs> hat. That's the first thing I thought of. Fashion-wise, maybe. <laughs> yeah, fashion-wise, mm. not in demeanor. Yeah. They should have given Dr. Alan Grant a whip. A whip. A whip. <laughs> sweet. And then, of course, it was also starring uh, Laura Dern as Dr. Ellie Statler. Um, many other actors, actresses, actors, I guess is the appropriate term nowadays, uh, were considered for the role also, including Nicole Kidman, Heather Graham, Renee Zellweger, Jodie Foster, Sigourney Weaver, Michelle Pfeiffer, Ali Sheedy, Gina Davis, Daryl Hannah, Jennifer Grey, Kelly McGillis, Jamie Lee Curtis, Julia Roberts, Linda Hamilton, Sarah Jessica Parker, Bridget Fonda, and Joan Cusack. Holy crap. And then these women actually auditioned for the role. Sandra Bullock, Gwyneth Paltrow, Julianne Moore, Laura Linney, Helen Hunt, Terry Hatcher, and Liz Hurley. Holy cow. That's a lot of women. That's that a wanted, lot of women. That's a lot of actresses that that's wanted to be in that movie. That's a lot we've already like, covered in some movies. Yeah. A lot that will be covered in some movies. Exactly. Crazy. Yes. And then, of course, Jeff Goldblum as Dr. Ian Malcolm. Obviously. Obviously. Enough said. Enough said. <laughs> Richard Attenborough as Dr. John Hammond. Uh, many other actors were approached for his role also. Um, Clint Eastwood and Marlon Brando were considered at the time for uh, Dr. Hammond. So that would have been interesting to see either of those in that role. Yeah. Um, Hammond was supposed to be a dark Walt Disney. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and the role was also offered to Sean Connery, but he said no. No. He said, no, you Canadian punts. You punts. <laughs> and then Bob Peck as Robert Muldoon, uh, Joseph Mazzello as Tim Murphy, um, Ariana Ariana Richards as Lex Murphy. And at just 13 years old at the time when she got this role, uh, she spent a lot of the time in this movie screaming, right? You, yeah. You'd agree. Um, her auditions consisted of her yelling into a camera. So that was what her auditions were. Um, Steven Spielberg watched these tapes at his house and then... Uh, her scream caused his wife to get up off the couch and go into his office and be like, is everything all right in here? <laughs> so that's how she got the role. Nice. <laughs> Samuel L. Jackson as Ray Arnold, Wayne Knight as Dennis Nedry, and Steven Spielberg cast Knight after seeing him in Paul Verhoeven's erotic thriller, Basic Instinct. So we know that name. All right. Uh, when Spielberg saw Basic Instinct, he thought Knight was perfect for Nedry. He waited. He said that he waited for the credits and then wrote down uh, Wayne Knight's name and then called his uh, agent. Was like, I want him in this movie. Nice. Uh, Charlie Sheen was also considered for the role, though. That would have been different. Very different. Very, different. very, very different. 
Martin Ferrero as Donald Gennaro. Music by the venerable John Williams. Gotta love us some John Williams every time. Yeah. Um, released in June 9th, 1993 at the Uptown Theater, and then June 11th, 1993 nationwide. Uh, the film was a pioneer of CGI effects. Uh, the CGI work in Jurassic Park was done by ILM. That's a name we've heard before. Uh, groundbreaking. It raised the bar for visual effects. Um, originally, though, Spielberg wanted to use, did not want to use digital effects. He wanted to use um, a thing called Go Motion, which was like the next evolution in stop motion animation. Because um, he didn't, tr- uh, Spielberg didn't trust CGI yet. It's sure. pretty new technology, right? Yeah. Uh, Go Motion uh, was. Uh, Stop motion that looked more realistic. I didn't see anything on the internet like examples of what go motion actually looks like in comparison. So whatever. Uh, (laughs) ILM effects expert uh, Phil Tibbet was hired to do it along with Mark Dippy and Steve Spaz Williams. Spaz Williams. (laughs) Spaz Williams. That guy must have been pretty interesting to have the name Spaz, right? Definitely. (laughs) Uh, Dippy and Williams were both pretty keen on CGI, but uh, the director at ILM, Dennis Murren, told them it had to be go motion so they were like nope go motion you got to do it that's it final word that's it go motion go motion Uh, they were so convinced though that they started working on the t-rex basically behind everybody's back in complete cgi uh, and then on one of the days that Kathleen uh, Kennedy was there, the producer, uh, she was visiting the studios and she wanted to see how the go motion stuff was going on. And uh, Spaz just happened to have this uh, outline and CG going on his computer of the T-Rex and Kennedy saw it and she was like, oh. Is this something you guys have been working on? Like, <laughs> is this something that uh, is really awesome? Because I really like it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she had seen it to. She reported it to Spielberg, and that it was mind blowing. And thus, CGI in this movie was born. So nice. That's pretty cool. Um, finally, a real life Jurassic Park would have been intensely expensive obviously (laughs) intensely expensive so a publication on fandago.com did some uh, research to find out how much it would actually cost Um, so 1.5 billion to actually build the park 10 billion to buy the island off the coast off costa rica the size of isla nebular (laughs) Uh, 26 million for research and then 23, uh, 30, excuse me, 32 million per day for overhead, like for employees and operations, 200 million per year for dinosaur food. So it would cost 23.4 billion to build the park and then 12 billion per year to run it. Oh my God. <laughs> so there you go. There you go. <laughs> you got an extra $40 billion hanging around. You can start your own Jurassic Park. Talking to you, Elon. Talking to you, Elon. <laughs> Make it happen. Uh, so those were some interesting facts, huh? I hope Definitely. I didn't bore you too much with that stuff. No, I'm wondering, is Richard Attenborough related to David Attenborough? I believe they're brothers. Nice. I don't know that for a fact, but I believe they're brothers. They kind of look similar. So they it's kind of like, look similar. I think they're brothers, but I didn't look it up. Yeah, but that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you had me thinking for a while that it was David. I'm like, no, 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 no. Nope. That's a different name. That's different a different, name. yeah. I, that's, that was one of the things, too, because I was a little bit confused by it. I was like, that's not who I think it is. I'm like, oh, it's a different person. Yeah. <laughs> <definitely>. <laughs> it's a different person. My bad. <laughs>
All right, let's break this down, Travis. Let's break it down. All right, so we get that opening sequence, that iconic Jurassic Park font, which is just, you know, you see it and you know exactly what you're getting into yeah. just by the color and shape of a font. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Jurassic Park. Here Jurassic we go. Park. We're doing it, Jurassic Park. <laughs> the movie opens with the dinosaur transportation. Uh, Spielberg's fooling you right away, right? Because you think the dinosaur is coming out through the forest there, but it's just a, a crate with a dinosaur in it instead. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Jaws effect is in full effect at, 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 immediately in this movie. It's oh, like, yeah. It's like, I made Jaws. People loved not seeing the shark for a large portion of the movie. Yep. I think I'm going to do that again. I'm going to do that again. <laughs> <laughs> do that again. People loved it. <laughs> do it again. Uh, but now it's the moment of truth, and uh, most of the people working here, uh, they look pretty petrified, don't they? They're just uh, like, yeah. uh, dinosaur? <laughs> uh, I do not get paid enough for this. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody get my union steward on the line, please. Yeah. I don't want to be the gate guy. I don't want to be anyone near this dinosaur. No, thank you. Uh, it's time to finally move that dinosaur from the box into its paddock. I love how uh, Robert Muldoon and it, Bob Peck, always calls them their paddocks their paddocks i love that uh and he says he says in this instance too i want tasers at maximum charge maximum charge <laughs> does not go well no it does not <laughs> um it's odd that the gatekeeper joffrey the gatekeeper joffrey <laughs> he can lift that crate the lid of that crate so easily he's just so like, easily maybe that's why he does it because he's like wicked strong that could be why he does <laughs> he is the only one capable of doing that <laughs> yeah yeah because because we've seen later in the movie that these raptors are crazy smart. So if yep. it's that flimsy or light, should I say, that a human can lift it, I think that raptor would have been broken out of there yeah. for sure. Yeah. But, and it looks like when he lifts it that he's the one that falls off the crate, but he's still up there holding that thing strong. So I don't know where the hell the guy fell that gets eaten. I, that is Joffrey that gets eaten. It is the crate dude that is lifting, but he's up there when he falls. So after, yeah, after he falls, there's somebody like crouched down and propping the entire gate up still on top of it. Interesting. I didn't rewind it, but I was, that was the fourth watch through and I was, yeah, that's, ba baffled by that's it. That's crazy. I I completely missed that. So that's so very it's like, did somebody, it was somebody on the side on that little ladder that fell off when it went flying? I don't understand. Because it seemed like the only person by the gate was right. the guy lifting it at the top. And then it flies. Yep. Someone falls off. Yep. But unless a new guy climbed up to open the <laughs> door again... He's still up there. So. I, th I think it. I think that must be some weird, like weirdness and continuity. It's gotta in the movie. be because that is Joffrey that falls down and gets eaten. Like we should have been able to see the dinosaur. I think when it grabbed him, yeah. it was unrealistic that all of a sudden he's getting pulled back and we don't get to see the dinosaur. Yeah, it uh, was at weird. least like the claw or something. Some. Uh, it, that's that would have been you know that would then have been something. You don't reveal the dinosaur no, yet, right? Because you know? he, but yeah, it does not go well for Joffrey. <laughs> it's the end for Joffrey, unfortunately Sorry, for him. Joffrey. Um, it's very scary and intense. Like oh, it's definitely. super intense. The camera's really you know like it's in there. We got the strobing lights with the flashlights and everything flicking yeah. around, and then you get Muldoon shooter, shooter. <laughs> And they don't do it yet. Like, no. Why are they waiting? I right. don't understand. You'd think they'd be just sticking Blast the... that son of a... You'd think so, right? You'd think so. 
Um, after that tragic event, we get to just move directly over to the Amber Mine in the Dominican Republic. Yep. Uh, Martin the lawyer, not Martin, Donald the mo- the lawyer. I don't Donald know. I wrote lawyer. Martin. Donald. Mar- Martin. Donald the lawyer being pulled across the lake is kind of funny. Definitely. <laughs> I wish he would have fallen in. Yeah. He should have probably should've. fallen in. That would have been, or at least like when he was getting off, got like wet up to his waist or something, something like yeah. that. Cause he's wearing freaking dress pants and dress shoes in the jungle. Yeah. What are you doing? He looks like a dope. What are you doing, dude? <laughs> um, he's there because of a $20 million lawsuit being filed against Hammond. And, uh, um, he's there to inspect the mine's working condition. Um, he also says that they need uh, more experts to sign off on the Island. So we're just getting lots of information about what's happening, you know? Yeah. Um, and they want Grant, but good luck getting him out of Montana because he's a digger. He's a digger. So when like he, me. <laughs> so when he falls, when Donald Gennaro falls in that sequence, yeah, was that a real fall? I think so. I think so too. But then he takes one to the forehead with the beam. I don't think that was real. <laughs> no, that so. wasn't real. But I think the fall was like they just kept it in the movie. Yeah, I think it so too. It did. It worked really good. Oh, and then also in this uh, sequence, we get to see, like, the genesis of where the dinosaurs are basically coming from. We get the explanation of the amber-covered mosquitoes right right away, just so we can understand a little bit of what's going on in the movie and how they're getting the blood, getting an idea of where the blood's coming from. Yeah, the only thing I don't understand is where this raptor came from. Like, where the hell did they ship this raptor from? Because I thought they were making the dinosaurs on the island. Yeah, maybe they were just transporting it from, like, a different holding area from when they're growing. Excuse me. From sure. where they're growing up to where, like, the main paddock area okay. is. Because he says later that he brought this one, the big girl or whatever, yeah. and she ate all but two of the eight that were in there. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just like, where the hell did they ship this crazy one from? But it was just, like, out in the wild or something or <laughs> in its own cage. Yeah, something. something like that in <laughs> a different area of the park that we don't get to see. That's an interesting, another interesting plot hole that you just don't understand where these things are actually coming from. Yeah, because it seems like they're like illegally shipping that one in <laughs> or something in the beginning. It's like the one they got off the black market or something. But. My best my best guess would be that they're transporting it from a different portion of the facility over to the main paddock area yeah. from where it had grown up. It or got something to like its that. eight months or whatever yeah. he says they're fatal yeah. at eight months. Yeah, so when he did say that they're fatal at eight months, uh, like, are they full grown at eight months? I don't know. Must be. I don't know. Yeah, enough to kill a human. Enough so. to kill a human. That's for sure. Uh, but we're in Montana and they be digging for bones, they right? Be digging for bones. <laughs> they're like feverishly digging at those bones. Yeah. Right? Like, oh, oh, I got to get this thing uncovered. Yeah. Ah, There's something. Ah. That, I mean, I always remember that scene just from seeing this movie so many times. Yeah. But it's like, oh. <laughs> it's, and they're all in one spot you know how, yeah like the yeah. whole dinosaur is preserved yeah. right there I, it's and it's <laughs> at the perfect depth for all the bones to just lightly brush and it's all revealed it's, it's great yeah i definitely noticed that it was a completely like full and intact skeleton <laughs> yeah i was like okay God, all okay. righty and that one dude's like picking the nose of the skeleton like was that a joke did somebody do that because they thought it was funny because yeah, it's weird that it's it was... weird definitely <laughs> Get out of there, dude. It's weird. Um, We also quickly established that Grant hates computers, which I don't understand why they have to say that he hates computers so much and never really comes into play in the movie at once. Yeah. I don't don't really get it. Um, We get to see the shotgun shell sonar blast that uh, to locate those bones underground. Did you like how one shotgun shell lifted two grown men and the whole apparatus like off the ground? Yeah. Come on. (laughs) It's very unrealistic. Very unrealistic. it was just so weird. I was like, okay, that's just very unrealistic. I don't think that that would uh, would 
would be able to happen. No. <laughs> you get that group gathered around the computer. It's a really good cross section of '90s people. Yeah, you get a lot of denim, a lot of uh, plaid, a yep. lot of uh, flannels, and then that one dude with the wicked mullet. Definitely you can't miss that can't mullet. Miss him. He pulls the sunglasses down to to <laughs> look better at the monitor. <laughs> at the monitor, and uh, uh, but on that monitor is uh, images of a raptor, and uh, Grant gets basically laughed out of the tent because he's like, "They're they're birds, right? Yeah, yeah, they're birds," and it's funny that they thought that that was a silly idea because that's like established science now yeah <laughs> like kids get taught that in grade school exactly <laughs> it's, yeah it's kind of funny and maybe this was around the time when that information was really getting popular or prevalent or right, whatever but right. uh, it's kind of it's just interesting to see that type of like science changes a lot in 30 years yes, and yes. most it's commonly accepted that dinosaurs or birds evolved from dinosaurs yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's kind of interesting um so what do you think of this scene with uh dr grant reaming out this kid I mean, it's funny to me it's, because it's funny, yeah. this kid is in Raising Hope. I don't know if you've oh, ever seen that sitcom. That's where I recognized him He's from. the cop that's yeah. obsessed with Virginia throughout yeah. the series. So yeah. I'm like, where the hell do I know this kid from? And then I looked that up and yeah, I don't know. It's just extra funny because of that. But yeah. He goes hard on that kid. <laughs> he really yeah. does. He goes hard and Sadler knows right away. She's like, oh God, here we go. <laughs> and he <sighs> just lets him do it. And from no one makes a peep. And yeah, he definitely scares that kid for the rest of his life. Yeah, for sure uh because he says it's more like a giant turkey more, more like a giant turkey <laughs> he's like you want to know what this thing could kill you yeah. <laughs> but obviously you know part of that is needed because yes. of the raptor thing yes. at the end it's cool that he foreshadows like that's what happens yeah. when you meet a raptor yeah and it's it's information that we need that we need at this point in the movie to right. understand how these raptors actually do hunt because yeah. it's uh, vital to the story really um, did you notice how Grant's accent is kind of weird in the beginning of this movie? Yeah. So he's from New Zealand. So he's a Kiwi. He's from New Zealand. And originally he's supposed to be doing an American accent in this because Dr. Alan Grant is supposed to be an American. Okay. Spielberg was like, okay, your American accent is not good. This is not going well. <laughs> right, right. So just use your natural speaking voice. We'll just say he's from New Zealand. Sure. Spielberg didn't like that either. So he's like, give me 50%. I want a combination of the two. Give me the best combo of the two. And so that's what we got. All right. <laughs> that's what we got. 50% American, 50% New Zealander. So that's why it sounds kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> I like it, though. I like it. It gives Dr. Alan Grant a, a certain, uh, like, I don't know. It makes him stick out a little bit. Yeah. I also think uh, Richard, I forget his name in the movie, but his uh, Scottish accent is a little in and out. It is. Especially in the beginning. It is, yeah. Like extra Scottish in the beginning. <laughs> it is. Then... He really does hit a couple of times. I'm like, oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> really, uh, really uh, laying on the Scottish accent right, there. Right. <laughs> we got everyone in and out of accents. <laughs> um, and then we get out of this scene by uh, Dr. Ellie Statler saying, you could have just uh, pulled a gun on the kid if you wanted to scare him really bad. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, we could have. <laughs> Hammond's helicopter lands next, destroying the site, basically. They, yeah. They quickly cover it up and then just like magic dr john hammond is in their trailer yeah no he, one knows how he beat them in there he wasn't in the helicopter yeah. nobody got out of the helicopter exactly <laughs> so he was there and the chopper came after yep the helicopter dropped him off about a mile and a half away he parachuted down parachute there that's what it was he parachuted down the helicopter landed to distract him and then he just quickly snuck through the site and got into this trailer. And nice. <laughs> popping that champagne. <laughs> yeah, popping that champagne bottle. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but uh, Hammond is there basically to get to Grant and his crew to come aboard and go to the island, right? Right. Um, uh, and he's basically like, I'll get to the point. He needs outside opinions and the, for the insurance companies. Otherwise, he's not going to be able to do his thing. Yeah. <laughs> Can't do it without the insurance companies, I guess. Um, what kind of park is it? Oh, it's right up your alley. <laughs> <laughs> Good speaking in riddles. <laughs> um, Ellie and Alan are a bit reluctant, but they can't turn down a fully funded gig for three years. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, when do we go? When Cheer. do we go? Cheer. <laughs> uh, so we are uh, now in Costa Rica and we get to meet our friend, uh, Mr. Nedry. Uh, and his plan is basically unveiled and found out that he is the villain of this movie. Basically. The dinosaurs aren't really the villain. No. Nope. They're like the, I don't know what you would even call them. What would you call them in the movie? Like the source of danger? Yeah. The source basically. of conflict? Right. Uh, but we find out what Nedry's plan is in stealing the embryos and that famous meme, nobody cares, nobody yeah. cares. Yeah. Like it's cool to see that when you see those Definitely. things. It's really cool to see that. And Barbasol is forever etched in my memory with Jurassic Park. Yeah, absolutely. Obviously. Absolutely. Uh, $1.5 million payday, like we mentioned before. And he gets wildly excited about that shaving cream. So excited. <laughs> Every time I watch it, I get more. And more baffled at how excited it is. <laughs> wildly excited. Like, oh my god. They must have a lot of free cocaine in Costa Rica. Or <laughs> definitely definitely like... hopped up on the coke. <laughs> the bug shug. The bug shug. <laughs> the devil's dandruff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we find out that that uh, Barbasol can's got 36 hours of coolant in it. Yeah. So is that from the time that he just opened this thing up? That's and what showed... I'm wondering. Like, like activated now. <laughs> You've got 36 <laughs> hours. <laughs> better run. <laughs> I better put it on this pie, which still <laughs> gets more and more disgusting every time I watch. Someone's about to take some shaving cream deep in the throat. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's disgusting, right? Yeah, so disgusting. How disappointed would you be like, Oh, I want some apple pie. It's going to be delicious. Oh Big, old Big old spoonful. Big <laughs> Ruin apple pie for how, life. How disappointed could you be? Like, it would be beyond disappointing. Beyond disappointing. I don't think I could ever. I would never trust whipped cream again. Yeah. I would always, in the back of my mind, be like, is this going to be shaving cream again this yeah. time? Yeah, and it proves this dude is just a total douche because yeah. his food is done. Like, the, in <laughs> yeah. two minutes, the, their combo's over and he hasn't paid for the bill, but yep. he doesn't put it anywhere on his plate. He puts it on the pie. Come on, dude. <laughs> like, you're huge. You you like food, apparently, yep. and you're going to do that? You're going to do that? Give me a break. That ain't cool, Dennis. Nope. Uh, Dennis does say he only needs 18 minutes to take care of business. Lucky. Yeah, <laughs> come on. Uh, 18 minutes and your company catches up on 10 years of research. And then, he, like you said, he makes Dodson. Dodson. It's like D-O-D-G-S-O-N. Because I watch, I always watch the last one with the subtitles on, so yeah. I can get. What a weird name, Dodgson. Dodgson. Don't get cheap on me, Dodgson. Don't get cheap on me, Dodgson. <laughs> uh, next, we get to move on to that helicopter, moving on to the island, and introducing Doctor Ian Malcolm. Nice. <laughs> uh, I love him in this movie He's so awesome. much. It just it's. It's like what Gold Jeff Goldblum is in your mind when you think of Jeff Goldblum. It's how he is, is in this movie. Exactly. <laughs> uh, there was lots of other names up for this part, just like every other one. Are you ready for a couple of these? I think I'm gonna save. I'm gonna save two of them for last. They're at the top of my list, but okay. I'm gonna save two of them for last. Uh, Bruce Campbell was considered. For, okay. That would have been neat. Uh, Johnny Depp. Nice. Ted Danson. All right. I could see it. I could see that. I could one. see Ted Danson doing it. Uh, Steve Gutenberg. Okay. Yeah, that I mean, sure. Why not Steve Gutenberg? Michael J. Fox. 
Nice. I could maybe a little small for the role, but yeah, a little small for the role. But, <laughs> but I think he would have done okay. As yeah, it, it would have yeah. been a completely different take on it. He wouldn't have been as sleazy because it's Michael no, J. No, Fox. No. Yeah, yeah. He couldn't have been sleazy. That's at what all. I'm picturing him with Statler. It's just ooh. right. But all right, last two that I didn't. I Michael Keaton. All right. I could have seen. I like that. Yeah, just full Bruce Wayne, Michael Keaton. Though. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> and then lastly, I want you to guess. He's famous on our podcasts. Arnold. No, not Arnold. That would have been great, though. He's famous on our podcast. Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey. Oh, man. That would have been like peak, peak Jim Carrey doing this role. That would have been actually kind of interesting to see him in one that wasn't super comedy heavy. Agreed. That would have been kind of cool. Yeah, Keaton, that would have been cool. Yes. But again, Goldblum is awesome. Yes. but, yeah, I like some of them. There's a lot of huge people up for all these roles. That's crazy. Steven Spielberg, biggest director in the world yeah, at anyone's the anyone's willing to do it with yeah, him, for yeah. sure. I think of all those names, seeing Jim Carrey do it would have been the most interesting. Right. The most, the most diff- different. Yeah, it so. would have been really cool to see him do it. Um, they all screen tested for this role, too. Mm-hmm. So that footage is out there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be, right? Yeah, that'd be cool. Somebody has it somewhere. I want to see those screen tests. Yeah. I want to see their takes on that role. Yeah. I want to see that. Come on. I want to see that. Send it in. <laughs> Send it in. I know you're listening, Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> Stephen. Uh, uh, Crichton saw himself as Malcolm. So he kind of thought that he, like the author of the novel, was Dr. Ian Malcolm. Oh, okay. So sure. it's kind of weird. Like, a little weird. I think you're a little bit of a sleazeball there, a Mr. Of a Mr. Crichton. Ball. <laughs> uh, Crichton said that uh, Dr. Malcolm essentially represents his own views on genetic engineering. Um, and Malcolm and Hammond are obviously polar opposites in this movie, right? Even so much so that Malcolm wears black. Hammond wears white. Yeah, you know yep. they're just like. The I exact never thought opposite. of that until so, you just said that. But that yeah, makes a lot of sense. Pretty, uh, pretty obvious when you say it out loud, but maybe not something that you would necessarily realize right away. Yeah, um, we get a little bit of arguing and flirting in this helicopter, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, <laughs> they make it to that island, and the shot of them pulling up on the island lives up to all your expectations. Completely yeah. everything that you want with this movie. Obviously, just like wow, all right, this is amazing. This sick um why can't dr grant figure out his stupid seat belts nobody he, understands i'm supposed- like did this come out before i was watching did this come out before via somebody do america because that's literally what happens with butthead is he has the two that they're supposed to have the insertion he's trying to put them together i'm like this is a really smart man i'm supposed to believe and he's either frustrated way faster than anyone should be frustrated <laughs> or kind of dumb <laughs> or kind of dumb never been in an airplane before don't really understand he literally was taking the two ends and like banging them together yeah like, they don't fit and then he ties it together and gives <laughs> statler a look like hey yeah how about that i figured it out thinking he, on my feet even hammond says we'll have landed before you figure it out yeah like, come on and you he's idiot. the only one that doesn't look buckled in so <laughs> he he's did. like he's fine like, yeah, i'm he's old fine. so Whatever. if i I'm go ready, i go ready to go before the green kid <laughs> show up that'll be a treat uh, <laughs> i super appreciate that it was a real deal helicopter landing yeah. and not some cgi piece of whatever no, i really liked that a lot that was really cool 
Um, we're on that island, and we quickly see, quickly see that the train is super rugged. There's large fences everywhere. Um, oh, before, though, we see that stuff, Hammond steps out and takes that look out onto his island. He's looking out to sea, but... Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, but too. He's supposed ah. to be, like, admiring his empire, I think. Like, I can't wait. I'm so full of hope and, uh, and vim and vigor. I'm ready to take the day on. Yeah, I got these suckers. <laughs> They're going to be signing papers left and right. We're gonna, yeah. This thing's going to be up in no time. <laughs> uh, but we see those fences. We see that it's super rugged. 10,000 volt signs plastered everywhere. Uh, we find out there's 50 miles of perimeter fencing, concrete moats, motion sensor tracking systems. They seem pretty prepared. They seem pretty prepared. <laughs> Nothing could happen. Donald the lawyer was is there to to basically make sure that the island is ready to go for the investors. And he tells Hammond that Hammond has 48 hours to prove to him that the island is ready to go. Or I will shut you down! <laughs> <laughs> and then Hammond, of course, says in 48 hours, you're going to be owing me apology. So, owing me an apology. So, of course, right? They're, he's like, I'm going to do it. We're going to do it. Um, I love those Jeeps, though, don't you? Obviously. I love those I've Jeeps. I've always loved Jeeps. <laughs> I want to get a Jeep now in current <laughs> life. And, yeah, seeing those brings back a lot of memories. My dad had the red Jeep Wrangler. Nice. It was just like that. But, you know, plastered with Jurassic Park all over it. It's just badass. Yeah. And throughout this whole movie, they portray it as their, like, uh, marketing Jurassic Park. But clearly they're marketing the movie. Yes. They're marketing which is to us. Aw- which is awesome. Yes. So I think it's just, like, a smart way to do it. Like, oh, we're marketing this park that never opens. But you watch that movie and you're like, I want some Jurassic Park gear. Exactly. It's exactly. Cool. And I think that is... It's intentional, definitely, by Spielberg to be marketing to his audience at that time. But I think it also is like speaking on the nature of amusement parks in general, that you're always being marketed to their brand while you're there. True, yeah. Like kind of pointing a finger at Disney. Right, right. This is the Disney model. So it's smart on those two levels where it's intentional to get you to buy stuff after the movie comes out. Right, right. But it also is like shedding a light on how these things actually are in our society. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, Stephen. No wonder you were. There you go, Stephen. <laughs> no wonder you're an amazing director. <laughs> <laughs> but now we get our first real dinos. Well, we get our first real dinos in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, obviously one of the most iconic scenes of the movie, right? Yeah. Uh, but it was actually kind of problem- problematic. Uh, Laura Dern said that shooting the sequence was really difficult and took a long time to film because obviously the brachiosaurs aren't there. Right, right. <laughs> and so the actors had nothing to react against. So they were just looking, you know, out into the wilderness. There's yeah. nothing for them to, you know, where do we look? What's going on? And this is kind of like at the beginning of this stuff. So this would be very foreign to them as actors. Yeah. So they wouldn't have been practiced in doing these because if you're doing any type of action movie now, you're doing some green screen work at some point. Right. You're acting to nothing at some point. Um, And then if you layer that on top of you can layer this on top of it, too. Spielberg was notorious for like changing stuff day of also. Sure. So it also made it difficult on the actors. Uh, It made it hard for anybody to keep up. Uh, When Phil Tibbetts saw a CGI demo of the Brachiosaurus for the first time, he said to Spielberg, you did it, you crazy son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy son of a bitch. And that line made it into the movie. That's what Jeff Goldblum says in that instance, too. So that's kind of cool. 
Um, Alan spots the the dinosaurs first, and then he has to physically turn Ellie's head to look at them. And she's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> "It's a really great scene. I mean, it's it, awesome. it makes you feel like you're discovering them also yeah. uh, for the first time for yourself." Um, the CG for me was was really good, and I think it held up really well. Oh, definitely. You can tell that it's thirty years old. Yeah, but I think it held up really well. Yeah, I think they went smart with like non. I don't know. It's not shiny. They all look matte yes. for a lot of it, which makes sense. Yes. They would be dry dinosaurs mostly. Right. There's something about it that makes it look not as fake as it probably should 30 years later. They didn't go with any weird patterns, any weird colors. Yeah. They kept it really simple. Right, right. And maybe that's the limitation of the computers at the time. But if it wasn't, then that was a conscious decision by somebody to keep it simple so that it would hold up. Right. And if I, I don't know how you would have the foresight that this movie would become the juggernaut that it did. Obviously. But if I suppose if you're making this stuff... Maybe you try to think, I want to future-proof this to an extent. Right, right. So if right. I'm going to watch this in 25, 30 years, I'm not going to be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> what the I hell was that? Went with the lime green. <laughs> went with the lime green dinosaurs. <laughs> that was not a good choice. not a good choice. <laughs> was that ever good? No, 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 no it was not. <laughs> And then, of course, Donald says in this instance, uh, we're going to make a fortune with this place. So it shows where his uh, priorities are set. It's just money, yeah. money, money. He doesn't yeah. care about the people involved. It's just the money. Obviously. Uh, Dr. Grant wants to know how fast the brachiosauruses are. And, uh, and uh, Hammond says, well, we clocked the T-Rex at 32 miles an hour. And Ellie's like, you have a T-Rex? <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> uh, say again. <laughs> you have a T-Rex? <laughs> And then you get that awesome, welcome to Jurassic Park from <laughs> Hammond, right? Yeah. Ooh, Jurassic Park. So that's really cool. It's a very awesome scene, super iconic, very memorable, very oh, yeah. 90s. It's just one of those things that was prevalent in the 90s. You Isn't would see that all Almost time. every two minutes of this movie, you're like, man, that is iconic. Yeah. Man, that is iconic. Because it, it is. It like, really is. It really is. It seriously <laughs> is. You can pick out any little part, like, man, I remember that to the T, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Jurassic Park. <laughs> he might as well have like been like, ah, oh, worship Aww. me. <laughs> Holding a baby dinosaur yeah, up to the heavens. I like it. I, I like that. That would have been really cool because then uh, Lion King came out in 94, so yeah. it would have been parodying Jurassic Park. Nice. I would have loved that. I would have loved that. <laughs> and of course, Alan wants to know how Hammond did this. So he literally says, How'd you do this? Yeah. <laughs> How did you do this? How'd you do this? <laughs> Hammond says, I'll show you. So it's pretty easy. Yeah. Let me show you. There's a little amusement park ride here to show you. <laughs> so this area that they're in, is it like the Jurassic Park main hall? Like <sighs> conference center and ev- event center? I'm pretty lost could where, you, where they are currently. Like, could you have a wedding there? Yeah. <laughs> could you like, what is this place? Right, exactly. It's doesn't seem like it's anywhere near where an entrance would be. No. It's not near where the main entrance is when they drive into the... Well, that entrance that they drive into is when they're going to go on the tour. Yeah. We don't even see how they really get to here. To this underground spot you're talking about. Well, like... The, or you mean... Where the T-Rex is and oh, everything okay. in that where main... where the fossils are. Yeah, where in that main area. Yeah. I just kind of don't really know if this is like the main hub for the park. Yeah, is this I, the gift shop? Yeah, or... like, I just couldn't quite tell what it was. And uh, But I did also notice, much like the TARDIS, I don't know if you're a Doctor Who fan, it's much larger on the inside than from the outside when you oh. when they look at it. That's the kind of thing. The TARDIS is like that police booth. Oh, yeah, yeah, you go yeah. inside, it's larger on the inside. Oh, so nice. Reminded me of the TARDIS. <laughs> it's, it's the most advanced amusement park in the world. The <laughs> biological attractions. <laughs> the capture the imagination. 
domination of the entire planet. <laughs> <laughs> and then Ellie says, so what do you think? And Alan says, I think we're out of a job. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. Don't you mean extinct, uh, Dr. Oh. Ian Malcolm? <laughs> oh, my God, Dr. Ian Malcolm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we get to go to that tram tour guide next, and uh, we get a full-on explanation behind the science in the movie. So that's cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Uh, an old star of the stage and screen shows up at this point. So th- Crichton's book specifically mentions that the audio tour was done by Richard Keeley. And so that's who they had do it in the movie. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. And I don't know who that is. But... He's a Broadway performer in America. Oh, okay. Somebody that I didn't really know who he was. His voice sounded familiar, but yeah. I couldn't peg whether it was. It sounds familiar to me because of Jurassic Park. Well, right. Or right. because of other things that that's I may have I heard think. him in also. But... saw. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't really know who he is, but the book did mention him. And so that's why they used him in the movie. Nice. Uh, the tour moves on and we see the scientists behind the dino magic doing their thing. Um, Alan, Ellie, and uh, Malcolm are very eager to see how it works. So they force their way off the ride. Yeah. One, two, Easy three. enough. <laughs> They're just like, uh, <laughs> don't break my stuff. Please. Can they do that? Well, they did. They did it. <laughs> And then how about uh, Donald, the lawyer there, asking if it was autoerotica? That was weird. It me. was very weird. And Hammond's yeah. like, nope, it's animatronics, and that's not what it is. Those are real scientists. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, man? That was very weird. Uh, they get into the lab, and it's uh, perfect timing because there's a dinosaur being born. Yeah. <laughs> perfect timing. Perfect timing. Uh, but not before Ellie let us know uh, exactly what that robot arm is doing as it's turning the eggs. She yeah. goes, it's turning the eggs. <laughs> Ooh, thanks, empath from species. Love it. <laughs> Come on, little one. Uh, this have you seen the Pee-wee Park, the Jurassic Park that's Pee-wee Herman has replaced all the dinosaurs? Uh-uh. Very funny. Uh, links in the show notes. Nice. <laughs> it's very funny. Um, we find out that they're only the lady dinosaurs, right? right? Um, <clears throat> but we get the very famous, but uh, life will find a way. <laughs> very famous oh, line. Definitely. Uh, parodied a billion times in any, yeah. any way possible. In everybody's daily life, I'll find a way to say, life will find a way. Right. <laughs> Great stuff from uh, Mr. Goldblum in this scene. Um, We also see that Alan is a little bit worried about... uh, the fact that they've actually bred raptors. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Ugh. The hell were you thinking? Bred raptors? You guys are dumb. <laughs> you know those are like big turkeys, right? And then that scientist, Wu, he slowly is just like, yeah, we bred raptors. <laughs> just like nodding his head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah we did it. We did it. <laughs> like, yeah, idiot, we did it. Bro. <laughs> uh, we get to quickly move on over to them feeding the raptors outside of their paddock. Yeah. Uh, they lower a cow into that pen. Um, as they lowered the cow into the pen, it's mooing, right? Yeah. Like I said, my last watch through, I always watch it with the subtitles on. The subtitle, while the cow is mooing, says, mooing in fear. Mooing in fear. <laughs> mooing Not in just your run-of-the-mill mooing, you know, slightly <laughs> agitated. No, in fear. Mooing in fear. Somebody type that out when they were making the subtitles for this yeah. movie. <laughs> mooing in fear. Even the cows are scared. <laughs> They're very, very scared. <laughs> Still lots of like Jaws action going on at this point. Oh, you definitely. Know? Just a whole bunch of rustling foliage. Right. Right. There's probably about 20 stagehands in there just shaking those plants. <laughs> 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 well, that's about all we get to see. Uh, but enter Mr. Muldoon, quite our 
arguably my favorite character in this oh, whole yeah. movie. I wish he had more in this movie. Yeah. I, I love how he's just like, damn, man, <laughs> we should probably kill all these we things. We should probably kill all these things. <laughs> he should get to kill at least one dinosaur. You would think that he would have killed one of the raptors. At least one. Yeah. And we'll get to it, but why didn't he just squeeze off that shot? He had yeah. it lined up at the end. Squeeze off that shot. Yeah. He's a dope. He's kind dope. of. Kind yeah. of. Not until then, um, maybe. But Alan at this point has all the questions, and thankfully, Mr. Muldoon has all the answers. Yeah. Growth rate lethal at eight months. Yeah. <laughs> Speed cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> Extreme intelligence, including problem solving. Uh, they were attacking the fen- the, They were attacking the fences, but they're electric. Yeah, I know. They were testing them though for weaknesses. Yeah. So <laughs> never check the same spot twice. Yeah. Don't mess with the raptor. This isn't sounding too good. I don't really want to endorse this island. Can we go? I hear there's a storm coming. <laughs> <laughs> they were attacking the fences. Aren't they electric? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they are. There's like a lot of volts too. A lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but now it's time for their dinner. Time yeah. to move on over and have some dinner. If they hadn't said earlier that his uh, his in-house chef had made Chilean sea bass, I would have assumed they were eating dinosaur, correct? Oh, definitely. <laughs> that kind of, is dinosaur. I kind of missed that on my first watch through, and I was like, are they eating dinosaur? <laughs> yeah. I think they're eating dinosaur. They should have been eating dinosaur. They should have been eating dinosaur <laughs> frog. Why not, right? Yeah, it is a dinosaur and frog put together. Yeah. You are correct. And the lawyer at the dinner table, he's talking all the logistics of the park and everything. He's super excited about it. We could charge him $2,000 a day, $10,000 a day. We'll have coupons for the pores. Because <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm or uh, 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 Hammond says that he wants the park to be for the people. And right. the lawyer's just like, well, we'll have a coupon day. We'll have a coupon day. Give the pores some coupons. They like coupons. <laughs> right yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> uh malcolm cannot handle this though at all he's like don't you see the danger <laughs> shouldn't someone see the danger somebody please see the danger your scientists were too preoccupied with whether or not they could and didn't stop to think if they should dun 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 right <laughs> that's a powerful line from mr goldblum uh what about the condors though right you'd be okay with that what man? the hell kind of comparison is that is he seriously thinking he's about to get this scientist and these guys in but well if it was condors you wouldn't say a thing but they're like nope dinosaurs were naturally selected out by yeah. a meteor so no yeah <laughs> I'll gladly be within 15 feet of a condor yes. before being in 15 miles of a raptor. <laughs> and Ellie agrees to this, too. The animals will defend themselves violently if necessary. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> they don't even know what century they're in. Yeah, yeah. they don't. They, they don't know that. <laughs> or the plants. She's oh, yes. The plants. plants yes. Yeah. The plants. And I think she actually even, does she comment on the dinosaurs also? Maybe I think not. so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But she yeah. says the plants don't know what century uh, they're yes, in. Ah, yes, yes, yes. You are right. Uh, what about you, Dr. Grant? <laughs> and he is very apprehensive. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I know I'm supposed to be your ace in the hole, but this is not looking good. You bred raptors. You just can't put two species back together separated by 65 million years. <laughs> uh, yeah, that doesn't really work. Uh, we have no idea what could possibly happen in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hammond is uh, very disappointed, to say the least, at this point, yeah. right? Uh, he even says, the only uh, one I have in my corner is the blood-sucking lawyer. Yep. <laughs> thanks, he says. Like, yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, dude. 
Hammond is interrupted, though, before he can say or do anything more because his grandchildren have arrived. Yeah. So thankfully for him, maybe. I don't know. So he doesn't have to feel so depressed. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> They're here. Yep. You are my glorified babysitter. <laughs> yep. You're going to spend a little quality time with our target audience. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, it's time for them to hit the road in some of the most iconic SUVs from the 90s. Obviously. <laughs> Obviously. I want to get a... It's a, They're uh, explorers, right? I think so, yeah. I want to get one of those explorers that year, and I want to trick it out. Oh, definitely. Trick it. Have you seen the Cherokee that's in town that's painted like... Um, I think I maybe have. That's kind of the colors. It, I think they're trying to do the colors. Yeah. The colors aren't quite right. But I need an identical one. <laughs> that would be sick. I, I wonder where those cars are. They got pretty messed up, so I'm assuming that they're oh, yeah. destroyed completely One of them gone. for sure is yeah. Gonzo. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they probably had multiple cars. They probably had probably. maybe a dozen. Who knows? I don't know. Someone owns one. Someone, Someone owns one. Maybe it's uh, Jeff Dunham. He's yeah, got the Batmobile, too. So, so probably. So. It's probably him. It's probably him. Jeff Dunham's got one. Um, Alan ends up in the car with uh, Ellie and Malcolm, of course, because, you know, they're kind of hitting it off a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Lex and Tim are in the lead car with Donald. Um, it is funny, that exchange with Tim and Alan, where they're, he's following him, around, yeah. following him around, and Alan's like, so, Tim, which car are you going to get into? Oh, whichever one you're going to. Yeah, <laughs> uh, obviously. Uh, All right. Uh, Close and the then, door on this <laughs> And then even Ellie tries to uh, pin the kids on Alan to yeah. you know, try to get him more interested in having children. Um, are they married? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah. But they're obviously... A hot couple? Yeah, a hot couple. They must be. Talking about kids. They never hug. They yeah. never kiss. Yeah. They never like say I love you. Yeah. They're never like I'll miss you. Please be safe. Yeah. Ian's definitely touching her a little more than he ever does. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, it's kind of weird. And then he gets all offended by it. I'm like, you're not even demonstrating that you're a couple. Like, yeah. I don't and, understand that. And then Lex also says, uh, she said I should go with you because it'll be good for you. But then they right. pan out and they're not. They're not <laughs> in the car. <laughs> right. Kind of funny. <laughs> it like, is. It oh, is. Well, that's great that she said that. <laughs> but you're gonna go with Tim. You're right? gonna. You're going with Tim and the lawyer. I'm getting in the car with. <laughs> With Malcolm and Ellie. Yeah. <laughs> um, we find out next that there's a tropical storm 75 miles west of the island. Maybe it'll swing south like the last one. Nope. It's not yeah, maybe, but no. <laughs> An actual hurricane caused production issues for this movie. Did you know that? I did not. Yeah. Um, filming took place on a Hawaiian island called Kauai. Uh, <laughs> three weeks in, the island was hit by a hurricane called Hurricane called Aniki. Um, and it decimated the island, apparently. 120-mile-an-hour winds, knocking the power out, hitting all the Jurassic Park sets. So that was Jeez. not good for them. Yeah. Uh, producer Ka uh, Kathleen Kennedy uh, said that they had to hitch a lift to Honolulu on a Salvation Army plane to reach a phone. Holy cow. <laughs> That's not good. That ain't good. <laughs> uh, she coordinated the return of the crew back to L.A. from that phone um, and then arranged for uh, $20,000 in relief to be uh, transported to the island to help out the people there. Nice. To help the citizens that actually live there. So that's, that's pretty, pretty cool. cool. Uh, producing, pro uh, production resumed at Universal and when they all returned to L.A. So oh. they just did a whole bunch of stuff at L.A. where the island was getting destroyed by a hurricane. Uh, like, nice. See ya. <laughs> uh, when the storm did hit, uh, Spielberg grabbed uh, Dean Cundy, the director of uh, photography, and took him to go film the hurricane. So when you see those storm stuff, the actual footage of storm, that's the film that they shot of the hurricane on the island. Nice. That's this real hurricane yeah, footage. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Very believable. You just kind of look at it and you just kind of shut it off because you think that's how a hurricane should look yeah. on this island. Yeah. And you're like, oh, wait, how did they do that? It's an actual hurricane. They took advantage of the real situation. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I think that's really cool. 
the cast and the crew were moved into a ballroom of a of a hotel at the time while they were trying to get off the island. Uh, Richard Attenborough didn't go to this ballroom though. Yeah, uh, he just stayed in bed the whole time. Uh, Spielberg asked him, "How could you do that?" And Attenborough said, "My dear boy, I survived the Blitz." <laughs> okay, yep, you lived in London while the Nazis were bombing it to hell, so I guess you could probably handle a hurricane, maybe. Pro- probably <laughs> live through a lot worse. <laughs> Be like, all right. All right. Uh, But uh, with that out of the way, we get to start our tour finally. Ray starts the tour program. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. (laughs) That is the best first on-screen line of anyone ever. It is. It really is. Hold on to your butts. He really doesn't seem to like the odds of any of this going smoothly. No, not at all. You guys, you guys, this is not going to go well. This is not going to go well. I'm about to run out of cigarettes because I am (laughs) flying through these things right now. He doesn't ever not have a cigarette cigarette in his yeah. mouth yeah it's to like the line of the filter in one and then you see him lighting up his next one yeah yeah yep. that is the cigarette uh lobby at the town that lobby i should say cigarette companies secret financing of these films in the 90s with yep. them requiring at least one character on screen to be smoking sure and probably because he was the only one in the whole movie smoking they're probably like he has to be smoking in every scene right right then we're gonna need every scene every, every scene, scene that he's in he has to have a cigarette in pick his your mouth. coolest actor and he <laughs> needs one the whole movie samuel L. jackson who was probably a real smoker at that time was probably like hell yeah i'll smoke <laughs> cigarettes hell the whole yeah time. Dude. <laughs> the whole time you got Not it problem you got it <laughs> Finally, we get to go on the tour, though. Thankfully. Hold on to your butts, everybody. Um, what do you got in there, King Kong? Oh, <laughs> funny. First, it's the Diplosaur- Diplosaurus. Diplosaurus? Something like that. Something like that. Foreshadowing, spitting poison. Yep. <laughs> uh, that dinosaur was a no-show. So we get to go quick back to headquarters, and uh, Dennis is not doing a great job, is he? No, he's not. No, he's not. He's made mistakes in the past, and he has to pay for them out of his own pocket? Yeah. That's what that conversation was insinuating. Really confusing. Very confusing. Dennis really does suck, though. Yeah. Um, he's de- The debugging is going to take a lot of compute cycles, okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that a real thing? I, I don't know. Some of that seems pretty made up. And then Muldoon's just like, quiet. <laughs> They're approaching the T-Rex paddock. Yeah. Can he hear it? Is he watching yeah. it on a monitor? Yeah. Is there audio here? <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, finally, though, the T-Rex paddock. Uh, it's a very disappointing visit for the group. Uh, this time. This time. Uh, <laughs> uh, there's a really funny moment when they get there and everybody's kind of jostling for position in the car to go like look out the side where the T-Rex paddock is. And uh, Jeff Goldblum like puts like his hand directly on top of uh dr uh alan grant i can't think of his name sam neal's hand in, yeah. the, in the car like directly on top of it and then uh jeff goldblum just slowly side slides his hand away from it it's very <laughs> it's very funny just like oh, oh. <laughs> it's very funny i like it a lot it was very very funny <laughs> uh god creates dinosaurs god destroys dinosaurs god creates man man destroys god man creates dinosaurs Dinosaurs eat man. (laughs) Woman inherits the earth. That's what I got out of that. (laughs) And both uh, Malcolm and Grant are like, huh? (laughs) Look at her. (laughs) It's pretty funny. Enter the goat. Um, What's going to happen to the goat? Is he going to eat the goat? Eat the goat? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's going to eat the goat. And then Tim's just like, excellent. Excellent. (laughs) This is best Mr. Burns. (laughs) 
back over to the car with uh, Ellie, Malcolm, and Alan. Uh, Ellie doesn't get chaos. She's supposed to be a really smart person, and the stuff that he's already explained in this point of the up to this point in the movie is pretty easy to understand, yeah. right? <laughs> Malcolm starts feeling her hair in yeah. the car. Like, yeah. that's a real creeper thing to do. Don't just touch somebody's... Super creepy. Just touch somebody's hair. Dropping water on her hand? Yeah. Let me just drop some water on your hand. And Alan Grant could give a crap. <laughs> so <laughs> so he, it makes sense that he's confused whether or not they're together yeah. later in the movie. Like, oh, really? You showed zero <laughs> affection towards her. You didn't care when I was, you know, kind of touching her hair and... <laughs> Holding her hand, but okay. He likes Grant like steals a glance over there and like crosses his arms and like turns away. He's like, hm, I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> it was it was kind of weird. Like why wouldn't he be like, weird. hey, hey, she's my girlfriend. Yo. You want to stop touching her? Yeah. Please? Do you stop. have to hold her hand? Don't touch her, please. <laughs> uh, Alan spots something into the distance and gets out of the car, and uh, so does everybody else except for Doctor Ian Malcolm. Yeah. It's a Triceratops. It's a Triceratops. <laughs> uh, the Triceratops was a huge animatronic model. It's pretty obvious when you watch it that yeah. that's what it was. It was made by the Stan Winston studio. Uh, most of those scenes with the dinosaur were shot on L.A. Sound Studio. Uh-huh. Most of those scenes were shot on an L.A. soundstage. Um, Spielberg wanted the Triceratops shot to be on location in Hawaii. So they took all of that stuff over to Hawaii to put it in that environment, I guess. Uh, to operate the Triceratops, uh, Winston's team dug a hole beneath it, and then eight puppeteers operated it with cables. Nice. <laughs> uh, the backside of the Triceratops had a door with four people inside of it, too, so it was a 12-man job. Jeez. 12-man job. That's like Felcor level. <laughs> that is Felcor level. It's like Felcor level. Um, when the Triceratops was first built, built, it was a multitude of bright colors. That would have that would have not looked good. No, I'm glad not. that they did not go with it. Purples, yellows, reds, and greens were all used on it. Okay. Purples, yellows, and reds. I don't. I don't think that, that would have been. Sh- that would have been shocking, right? Yeah. Um, when Stan Winston saw it for the first time, he said, "This looks ridiculous. Make it brown." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, there's a deleted scene uh, with the tricer- where the Triceratops had babies, and Tim rides one of the Triceratop babies. What? <laughs> I want to see that? Yeah, definitely need to see that. <laughs> Probably looked like really bad. It's horrible. Cut it out of the yeah. movie. <laughs> Get it out of here. Uh, we find out, though, the Triceratops is sick. Uh, Muldoon tranked her himself, though, so it's okay. You can, go, you can go approach him because yeah. he shot it. Yeah. He shot it. Uh, somehow, Ellie figured everything out, even though this is the first time her touching a real dinosaur. Yeah. And having any idea. She has no idea what their, like, internal systems are like. She's seen bones. Yeah. <laughs> Like she just figures it all out. He's poisoned. He's got dilated eyeballs. What's with this plant over here? <laughs> what is going on? Let Come me get on. to that poop. <laughs> Let me get to the poop. Uh, and that's where they go. <laughs> but first we see uh, back at headquarters real quick. The storm is coming and they have to get off the island. So all, all uh, hands on deck. Let's get out of that. Get off the island. Um, over to the dino poop and that's a big pile of shit. That's a big pile of shit. <laughs> Remember to wash your hands before you eat anything. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, it just this scene is completely unnecessary in the movie. Yeah, it's a poop joke. It's a poop joke. Steven Spielberg is not above a poop joke. Uh, he's not because that's all that was. It really is the we- whole a whole day of shooting. To get a poop joke. Yeah. <laughs> That's all it was. That is probably one of the weakest parts of the movie, for it, sure. It's funny. It's a little com- comedic relief, but the joke is just really bad. Yeah. 
I don't know. <laughs> it was fine. It was fine. It just it was unneeded. Yeah. She really digs in there though, which is it's funny. And then she doesn't take the thing off after she's been like elbow deep in the pool. Yeah. Take that plastic sleeve off immediately. Yeah. She Get pulls one off there. and keeps the other one on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we're back at HQ uh, HQ again, and uh, Nedry is finally uh, enacting his plan. And he's going to hit that big, bright red execute button. Execute. I button. love computers in the 90s. Everything it, is so obvious. Yeah. Execute. Execute. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> uh, the group at the Triceratops uh, splits up. Ellie stays behind, which is very lucky for her. She spares herself a lot of hardship throughout yeah, the movie. Yeah. Possible uh, death. <laughs> uh, Nedry just needs 15 minutes to steal the embryos, but the dude at the boat can't make any promises. Yeah. Because the, if the captain says they're going to go, they're going to go. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Give me 15 minutes. You got to give me 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, and not being obvious at all, Nedry hits the execute button and uh, all the dino shit hits the fan. <laughs> yes. It does. <laughs> he stands up. He's like, uh, you guys want anything to eat? I've been eating sweet stuff all day. I think I'm going to get something salty at the vending machine. You guys need anything to eat? Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be weird now. I'm Bye. Gonna be weird now. There's going to be like malfunctions and stuff. Just, just ignore those. Just and ignore. yeah, who restocks our vending machine anyway? I don't know, but okay then. All the fences are going to go down, so you know. Yeah. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Don't. I'll be over by the East Star. Yeah, don't worry. I mean the vending machine. <laughs> Uh, so the security systems all start turning off and Nedry is stealing the embryos. Uh, Malcolm, Alan and the kids and Donald on their way back to the main lodge. Uh, the fences are just failing all over the park now at this point. And, uh, Hammond and crew are uh, back in the control room to find out what Nedry is up to. Uh, and it turns out Nedry was up to no good. Yeah. Uh, started making trouble in that neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, they try to go and do something. And then that little comic thing with him pops up and goes, uh uh uh, uh 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 you didn't say the magic word if you hated if you didn't hate nedry already that oh, yeah. should make you really hate him at Definitely. that point uh nedry's in his jeep and it's he spins out loses complete control and all of his bearings he has no idea where yeah. he's at now yeah. at all he's completely lost i get he's got the pressure but man he is a dope driving he is a that dope. thing <laughs> When you're driving on a wet, muddy road, don't start jerking the wheel off. Yeah, he seriously just rails on that wheel all the way to one direction. And why the hell are his glasses so fogged up in that thing, too? (laughs) Good question. Good question. (laughs) Uh, But guess where the vehicles with the rest of our group has stopped? Right in front of the T-Rex. T-Rex. <laughs> no way. <laughs> that T-Rex is a feat of practical effects, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's just quite the thing. Um, it's one of the most famous sequences in all of movies. Obviously. Like, it's way up there in iconic movie, legendary, whatever, everything. It's yeah, in there. Definitely. Top 10 scenes of any movie ever. For sure. It's got to be in there. It's got to be. It's just so, it was so groundbreaking, so intense, everything about it. Um, the T-Rex is actually a um, blending of like practical effects and CGI, which is one of the first thing, first times that that has ever had ever been done in this type of thing with the animatronics and the CGI effects put on top of that. Uh, the model was made by Stan Winston Studios and was about 25 feet high, weighed approximately 15,000 pounds. <laughs> 15,000 pounds. Dang. That's seven tons out there for everybody if you're interested. <clears throat> Excuse me. They had to raise the roof of the studio it was in to accommodate it. Jeez. 
<laughs> They're just throwing money at everything yeah. in this movie. So should we relocate the dinosaur to a larger studio? Nah, just make the roof taller. Yeah, just make the <laughs> roof taller. Just make the make the roof taller, you dummy. Yeah, get your roof guy in here. <laughs> um, it was remote controlled, the T-Rex was, and when it got wet in the rain, it would stop working. So there would be big delays in filming where it needed to be fixed and dried out and stuff. Uh, the animatronics caused other problems as well. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy said that they would have uh, they would have to have flashing lights on to alert people when the T-Rex is about to be turned on because it would move its head suddenly and be out of control for no reason. And because <laughs> it was so big, it could literally kill people. Jeez. Yes. And there was one time where it would it moved by itself. They were all eating lunch, and then all of a sudden the T-Rex came alive. At first they didn't know what was happening, and when they realized what it was, it was the rain that made it malfunction, yeah. you'd hear people start screaming as this T-Rex is coming to life. Right, right. And <laughs> nobody's around operating. Yeah. That would be terrifying. <laughs> it would be very terrifying. <laughs> Uh, it's just an amazing, wonderful piece of movie magic. It yeah. just is just so great. Uh, the thumping in the ground and the waves in the water cup is just so just amazing. It's yeah. just so I love watching this part of the movie. Definitely. Um, Donald says maybe it's the power trying to come back on. I don't think so, Donald. No, Donald. <laughs> I don't think so. No. Uh, where's the goat? Where's the goat? Thump. Thump. There's the goat's leg. Yikes. <laughs> and Jaws, I mean the T-Rex, is revealed. Hey. <laughs> Donald just ditches them. He's like, yeah. I'm a wuss. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. here. I feel safer in this wicker bathroom. <laughs> right. Like, right. When you got to go, you got to go. You got to go. <laughs> and then Lex is just like, he left us. He left us. He left us. She's having a full-on panic attack full at this panic point. Attack. Uh, that first scream from the T-Rex at this point, just like bone shattering. Oh, it's yeah. just goosebumps. I love for it. Sure. Oh, I had my headphones on for a few of the watch throughs yeah. and had the volume up way too high. Yeah. And that scream is just like, whoa. Oh, yeah. It's just I so cool. Bar it's so cool. I absolutely love it. It's so cool. Um, we find out that you need to keep exactly still, perfectly still, because yep. his vision's based on movement, and Lex turns on the blade, brightest flashlight in history. Seriously, what the hell are you thinking? Turn off the light, turn off the light, turn off the light. She never does. Never does. <laughs> it's never still does. on later. What in she the heck? Si shines it directly into the T-Rex's yeah. eye. Yeah. <laughs> Just flip it upside down, something. Pull the damn batteries out. Do she, anything, please. She never does. She oh, never Lex. does. T-Rex does finally attack the car. Super terrifying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so much suspense. Never find that off button. T-Rex knocks over the car. Right? Yeah. Just what else is he going to do? And uh, you can let my claustrophobia begin at this point when Definitely. that car flips over. When it shows him sinking into the mud, I'm like, ah, ah, I'm going to yeah. suffocate. <laughs> <laughs> finally, though, somebody takes some action. Alan is the only person that has some balls in this yeah, instance. Seriously. Gets a flare out, gets the T-Rex uh, attention. And then when that T-Rex roars at him, Alan's just like, oh, my God, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to die. Yeah. I'm going to die. Uh, he throws the flare over the over the, the wall back into the paddock. And then out of nowhere, Malcolm comes out with another flare and he yeah. Fs it all up. Dude, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what the hell? Get the kids. Get the kids. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea. But it actually worked. Like, he, he was chasing him or the flare back into the fence. 
the what? he was gonna go down, and that that is like it was like a good twenty feet down. Right? Yeah, I still don't quite understand how the T Rex was able to step out of there, considering it was such a long drop when they go down in there. Yeah, but whatever. That's true. <laughs> whatever. It was just. It was just like, come on, dude, what are you doing? Like, because you're right. The T-Rex was going back into the paddock. Yeah. He was going back in there. It would have been fine. But I guess in his mind, it was a little bit noble to distract the T-Rex some more and allow Alan to go get the kids. Yeah. Uh, The T-Rex knocks Malcolm into that bathroom, knocking it all down and exposing Donald in a position that is not very good. No. No. Um, And then he gets what's coming to him. He gets eaten by the the T-Rex. Yeah. This scene really pushes that PG-13 rating. Definitely. Any drop of blood, it would have been like, rated R. (laughs) There was no blood. Rated R. (laughs) (laughs) It was pretty close. A rated R version of this movie would have been interesting because it would have only... You could have really amped up the gore in like two or three instances, yeah. which I would have been fine with. Yeah. It would have been fine. I mean, maybe you could have gotten away with it because there's a couple of S words in this movie. Drop those. Go a little bit more on the gore. But yeah. I guess if you're making a PG-13 movie, Steven Spielberg in the studios thinking, I want to push this out to as many people as possible. Right, right. I wonder if it would have been nearly as successful if it was a rated R movie. Probably not. It was a time when rated R movies, people went to them. That's true. I mean, we would have still seen it. Yeah, but... I would have seen it, but you wouldn't have gotten families to go to it like yeah. I did with my family. Right. <laughs> you know, so I don't know. It would have been interesting to see a rated R cut of this. If this movie was made today, there'd be a rated R cut. Oh, definitely. Rated R cut. Cut. <laughs> uh, back to the kids. Lex is getting out, but Tim is pinned. Um, here comes Daddy T-Rex, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's coming back. Uh, awesome scream from Lex at this point. Another very iconic. You see her do that scream all the time on yep. whatever you're watching. If it has to do with 90s movies, you're going to see Lex screaming at the T-Rex. Yeah. Uh, don't move. He can't see if we don't move. Yeah. We've established that. We've Thank established you. That. Thank you. Uh, Lex and Alan play a little hide and seek around the overturned vehicle. I like it. Yeah. It was fun. It was almost funny. Like it was almost comedic because the T-Rex is like, huh? Yeah. Where'd you, where'd you go? Where'd you go? Where'd you go? I know you're over you here. You were just here. <laughs> I'm going to knock this thing again. See if I can't get you. Come out of there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was just very fun to watch. I, I liked it a lot. Um, but they only have one option now, uh, Dr. Alan Grant and Lex, is to go into the paddock and go down that wall that must be about 20 feet, maybe even more. Yeah. Maybe even more, 20 feet. So they go over that wall with Lex on Alan's back. Yeah. Alan has some amazing grip strength. Some amazing grip strength. So between Alan, Dr. Alan Grant, Robin, and Pete's mom, who has the best grip strength? Ooh. I'm going to have to go, oh, man. I'm going to have to go with Robin. Robin? That one is too nuts. That (laughs) one is too nuts. I almost wanted to go with Pete's mom because she was working on that grip strength. She was working on that grip strength. Almost, but no, Robin, Robin, out of the sand, pulling him out of the sand. Ups, is that upside down, oh, holding yes. that girl? Ah, uh, yes. With just the toe, big toes bracing him. <laughs> That's right. And stops to have a little combo <laughs> with her <laughs> as he's holding her one handed. Yes, Robin's grip strength is is better it than Doctor Alan level. Grant. I think Doctor Alan Grant could have given him a run for his money. Though. Oh, definitely. <laughs> that's yeah. and it was wet too. <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's holding on to that. Holding on to that thing. Um, over the edge that car goes though, and uh, Alan and Lex managed to dodge it. It was a great effect. It looks super realistic, even though they weren't ever close to each other. And yeah. you know, it was a great effect though. Very believable. Very suspenseful. It was a near miss that I really liked to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we find out from Samuel L. Jackson that Nedry is uh, really messed up a bunch of stuff, and we'll have to go through two million lines of code to figure it out, and two million cigarettes, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Hammond says, sends Muldoon to go rescue his children. He's like, uh, you go rescue my kids, please? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'll do it. <laughs> I wonder if he'd be good enough to do that, he says. Yes. Like, He's like, yeah, I guess. I really hate working here, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> He literally just goes, sure. Sure. <laughs> uh, next, we see Nedry in his Jeep, lost and spinning out again. Yeah. Quit jerking that wheel around. Yeah. <laughs> he needs to winch himself out this time. It's bad news for Nedry. He dead. He did. He, he deserved it. He deserved it. Um, he didn't take that dinosaur very seriously. No, he did not. Oh, you're so cute. Let's play fetch. That's what I think. For someone who's working on these systems all the time, you need to at least know what each dinosaur is. Right. So you know what that is. I mean, maybe... Maybe he thinks if he runs away, that'll be crazier. But to me, standing there, flipping up your yellow hood Probably not looks good. way too threatening. Yes. This dude doesn't know what you are, so you're done for. And you make an interesting point. He's working on these sim- systems. He knows that there are 10,000 volts running through these fences. Anything that has to be behind a 10,000-volt electric fence, you probably don't want to come face-to-face with. Yeah, and, <laughs> and it says in the little dialogue as you're going around the track that they spit in your face right. or whatever and cause blindness and then paralysis eventually. And he's just like having a little conversation. With, I don't got any food. I don't got any food. Right. You want some food? I don't got any I food. Even, okay. s- even says, I'm going to run you over when I come back I'm down. Run you over. Yeah. I never, I never felt bad for Nedry once yeah. in this movie. No. Once, uh, the surprise attack in the jeep when the nail, final nail, is put in the coffin after he gets spit in the face for the third time. He, yeah, because he gets the first one misses, the second one hits him in the directly face, directly in the face, and, and then, then he gets. Yeah, he gets one in the car. Right? He gets one in the jeep, or does he just get attacked in the I jeep? I think he just gets attacked in the jeep. Because yeah. he takes a headbutt to the Jeep first, yeah. and then he go- comes back in yeah. and gets, yeah. yeah. That used to be the most terrifying scene yes. to me when I was a kid. I, I agree with you. trapped in there with that thing. That was the scary scene for me as a kid, too. Yeah. It's a scene I did not like to watch. Yeah. It was like the most, the realest one, the one yeah. that seemed the most like, oh my God, that could happen to me. <laughs> yeah, There's going to be a dinosaur in my car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. It was a really good surprise attack, though, and Nedry got everything com- that he deserved at yeah. that point. Uh, Tim, Lex, and Alan, uh, Tim's in the tree, uh, and Lex has some post-traumatic stress uh, stuff going on. Rightfully so. <laughs> Rightfully. Uh, he left us. He left us. He left, left us. us. <laughs> That's not what I'm going to do. Exactly, because Dr. Alan Grant is a great dude. He is. <laughs> He's really- I don't even like kids, but I ain't going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't let you die. <laughs> yeah. Not from a dinosaur. Uh. <laughs> um, Alan finally gets up that tree and uh, sees Tim's okay, but yeah. he threw up. Oh, that's okay. That's just just okay. give me your hand. Yeah. Uh, let's get the hell out of here. Let's get the hell out of here. Come on, dude. <laughs> I don't know why I just spun the steering wheel, but... I did. <laughs> but I did, so there's that. They get out of the vehicle, finally, after... I don't know. If I were Tim, I'd be trying to get out of that vehicle by myself before anybody got up there, I guess, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, it's just like climbing down from your treehouse. Did your dad ever build you a treehouse? No. No. Me, me neither. <laughs> that's he's, that's what he says. He goes, yeah. me neither. <laughs> yeah. uh, just don't look down. And so both look down simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> this is impossible. <laughs> that's what uh, that's what uh, Tim says. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't matter, though, if you think it's impossible because that truck's coming down. It's going to hit you. So you better get moving. Yep. <laughs> um, it was an awesome stunt. It looked completely believable. I would love to see the behind the scenes and how they did that. It would just be a cool stunt to see the yeah. behind the scenes on. Um, and plus it was comedic. 
when they right. finally get down there and the tree and it hits the bottom of the tree and falls over on top of them. Well, we're back in the car again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's a, that was really a very funny moment. Uh, well, at least we're out of the tree, I guess. Right? Yeah. Uh, Muldoon and Ellie make it to the T-Rex paddock and they find uh, the rest of Donald. Yes. And some over there, too. Yeah. <laughs> and they find uh, Dr. Uh, Ian Malcolm alive, which and he put a tourniquet on himself. Yeah. So why was he just laying there? Because he just sits up. Yeah. He's like, hmm, uh, yep, I'm okay. Uh, I'm, I'm fine. just laying here just, for fun. Uh, kind of laying here. <laughs> in case that T-Rex came <laughs> just, back. Just in case. You never know. Uh, Alan fi- or, uh, Ellie finds the other car, and there's no sign of Alan or the kids, so she finds it down in the paddock. Um, back uh, up with Malcolm in the Jeep, and the T-Rex is on his way. Um, we get the most amazing car chase. This is this movie's car chase, right? For sure. Uh, it's really, really cool. I've said it a million times, and so have you. This is a super-duper iconic scene. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> this movie is just iconic from the beginning to the end. Yeah. And why they're flashing the flashlights <laughs> like crazy, I don't know either. Like, um, it was some good uh, um, manufactured suspense. Yeah. How they were telling him to shift into fifth gear. Yeah. Why aren't you shifting into fifth gear? Yeah. You can go faster in fifth gear. And then Malcolm falls into the shifter, so he literally can't shift into fifth gear. Yeah. I think he even knocks it into a lower gear, if, I, if I'm thinking it should be one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, he probably put knocked it into three. If it was in four, he knocked yeah. it into three. Right. So they're going even slower at yeah. <laughs> this point. Oh, boy. They but was at just 32 a... miles an hour, you would think that was fast enough to go way faster than the T-Rex already. But... I would say in third gear, that Jeep could do 40, I bet. It would be yeah. able to do 40. It should be able to outrun that thing. Right. It should be able to outrun it. <laughs> and then at the end of that scene, you get a fun line from Malcolm. Do you think they're going to have that on the tour? Like, that'd yeah. be a cool way to end the tour yeah <laughs> even if it was like a manufactured like fake chase of a t-rex right. that'd be cool don't they to... have something like that at universal or something if they don't they need to yeah yeah i think they do <laughs> i've never been to universal have you been to universal i have not no if they... i've always wanted to a lot because of this movie yeah and i hear there's a sweet jurassic park oh, thing there. i remember it being part of the promotional material in the 90s like the commercials right it was like yeah. universal studios and the t-rex would be like in front of the logo right roaring right. it's roar so yeah. yeah if there isn't that there still they're they're doing themselves a disservice put yeah. it back we put need it, it back. back i'm sure it's still there um, Alan and the kids are in a tree serenaded by brachiosauruses and it's sleepy time it's sleepy time uh what do you call a blind dinosaur do you think you do you think you saw us? Do you think you saw us? What do you call a blind dinosaur's dog? Do you think you saw us, Rex? <laughs> Thanks for those jokes. Thanks. Very uh, much needed. <laughs> Very much needed. Alan vows to stay awake all night to protect the kids and to put Lex's mind at ease. Very what a liar. <laughs> a liar, yes. Tender moment, yes. Tender liar, moment, yes. Definitely. But deep down, a cold-blooded liar. <laughs> Because next time we see them, he's asleep. Uh, we get a quick commercial here in the middle of the movie. We show all that merch. That's yeah. really cool. I'm yeah. like, I want it. I want it. I want it. Want it. <laughs> had it. Want it. Had it. I'm pretty sure. I Maybe it's a false memory, but I feel like I had the lunchbox. Yeah. Like it, maybe no thermostat with thermos with it or anything, but I think I had a yeah, a red one of those lunchboxes at yeah. one point. I just Maybe it's a false memory. I don't know. Maybe. But I feel like I had one. 
Let, us, let us know, Tom. Yeah, Tom, let me know, please. I don't I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. They show all that merch. Um, Hammond and Ellie get that little bit of a heart-to-heart at the table. Yep. Um, Hammond seems defeated, but uh, he's still driven to get his idea accomplished, even yeah. though his children are missing. Uh, he says, next time I'm going to do time. The, Like, next time? There is no next There's time no yet. Pe- crazy SOB. <laughs> People are dying. Your kids are, your, chil- your grandchildren are out there lost. Yeah. And there's dinosaurs running around. As we speak. Yes. This should be about the people you love. And he's like, oh, yeah, I uh, think you're. Yeah. <laughs> but at least they didn't spare any expense on the ice cream, right? That's true. <laughs> even uh, even Ellie Statler's like, oh, it's good. Like, why does it have to taste good? I'm mad that this tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. The next morning with Alan and the kids, he's asleep, so he's a liar. <laughs> we get a little Brachiosaurus encounter, a little up close and personal. Lex gets sneezed on, which yeah. is, you know, kind of funny. It's kind funny of... funny for the kids, you yeah. know, funny for the kids. Um, so they don't have any fear of these enormous creatures. Even yeah. if they didn't mean to kill you, they could still kill you at any moment. Yeah. I'd want to probably keep my distance from those giant animals. I certainly wouldn't be trying to hand feed it some leaves off a branch. Right. Cause he... Oh, I'm not going to let it go. <laughs> like he jerks one time. Oh, there goes Dr. Grant. <laughs> Dr. Grant. He left us. He left us. <laughs> he left us. You can see the dinosaur like just whipping his head. And Grant just goes flying off into the distance and it's just a little star. Respect, like, <laughs> like <"Bing!"> no, no. <laughs> that's really funny. It's <laughs> really funny. Um, Alan and the kids are on the move this time, and uh, we find out that uh, Lex is a hacker. She's a hacker, not a computer nerd. She's a hacker. She's a hacker. I prefer to be called a hacker. Hacker. <sighs> Oh boy. <laughs> it's just too much for me. Like it's too much. nobody says that. No. <laughs> no. No. I'm a hacker. I'm a hacker. <laughs> it's, just, it's just too much for me. Yeah. She, she's not a hacker. She is not a hacker. <laughs> she, I'm sorry. She's as much of a hacker as Angelina Angelina Jolie is in the movie Hackers. She's <laughs> yeah. not a <laughs> no. not a hacker. She should have got she should have whipped out some really tiny circle sunglasses to put on really yeah. quick. I'm a hacker. I'm a hacker. I'm a hacker. <laughs> Alan also finds some dinosaur eggs and uh they're breeding because of the amphibian DNA. Malcolm was right. Life found a way. Yeah. Uh, back at headquarters, Hammond opts for the, a hard reboot of the system. Um, they've never done it before, so they don't know if the systems are going to come back online. Might as well try it. Nothing Might else well is working. Try it. Might as well try it. Uh, there's another option. The lysine protocol. They're like, what? <laughs> Some enzyme that the dinosaurs need given to them in their food to stay alive? Like so, they're not feeding these dinosaurs, so they're already doing the lysine protocol because they're not giving them this enzyme that they need. Yeah. So they should be dying pretty soon. Right. Uh, just why even bring that up? Because yeah. it's such an obvious plot hole. Yeah. If it's in the food that you're feeding them, and now you're no longer feeding them, they're not getting it. Exactly. I don't know. It just was weird to me. They don't even talk about it. Yeah. It must have been a thing in the book. It must have been a bigger thing in the book because I don't even know why you bring it up. Yeah. It's a no-go with Hammond, though. People are dying. Uh, more like don't kill the dinosaurs. Like, yeah. So whatever. Uh, so they shut it down. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts. It was a phrase so nice he decided to say it twice. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it works. Kinda. It does kinda work. <laughs> kinda. Uh, they need to turn all the breakers back on. So, uh, three minutes, the power should be back on, and Mr. Arnold is on the case. He's yeah. like, I'll take care of it, guys. I'm going to smoke 25 cigarettes on the way. <laughs> I need a smoke break. Yeah, I need a smoke break. I'm going to smoke outside for a change of pace. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, Alan and the kids are in that stampede of galaminimuses, however you want to say that. Um, I remember seeing a story about this scene on Entertainment Tonight when I was a kid and then breaking it down on how they did it. And I saw all the wireframe CGI models of the dinosaurs running through, like how they show the stages of it running through in a completely black background. And then they show this, the wireframed um, images running through the actual background. And yeah. then they show it overlaid with the dinosaurs actually looking like there. And then the people in it you know i just that's a very vivid memory of mine from entertainment tonight for yeah. some reason do 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 i loved me some entertainment tonight back in the day oh yeah <laughs> loved it it was on before dinner my mom watched it so i watched it there you <laughs> go entertainment tonight uh it was fun to watch because it was exciting and it was like in a non-threatening way. Uh, there's danger, but it's not crazy. Uh, they're moving around like a flock of birds evading a, pre- a predator. Like a T-Rex? Yeah. Yep, a T-Rex. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I love how Tim's like, look how much blood there is. <laughs> <laughs> Future serial killer, Tim? Whoa, whoa, dude. <laughs> And Mr. Arnold at this point now is MIA. Um, Hammond is comparing Jurassic Park to Disneyland, so very intentional. Very. Uh, Nothing worked in 1956 in Disney on the first day. And then Hammond, or not Hammond, uh, Malcolm, one of his better lines. All of his lines are gold, I guess, every one of them. Um, But if Pirates of the Caribbean breaks down, the pirates don't eat the tourists. They do not. Uh, Ellie can't wait anymore and goes to see what's taking uh, uh, Mr. Arnold so long. And uh, Muldoon goes with, locked and loaded, right? Uh, yep. First thing they should have been doing is getting those guns out. Yeah. You would, they get, go to the guns immediately. Why did it take till this point? Go to the guns immediately. Yeah. And why don't you fold out the gun completely right away. at this point? Right away. <laughs> yeah. Why are we waiting? Why are we waiting to fold out the gun? Uh, why are we waiting to fold out the gun there, Mr. Muldoon? Yeah, well, that's one of the most <laughs> stressful parts of the movie. Like every little click, click. <laughs> uh, Hammond offers to help uh, by going with them, you know, to get the power back on. Offers to go into uh, Ellie's place, but uh, um, Ellie's like, "Why? Because I'm a woman." Yeah, <laughs> he's like, "Well, you know, I mean, isn't that what I'm supposed to do?" <laughs> I, I'm a, and you're a. <laughs> Ellie's like, dude, you have old balls. Please stay put and let the real heroes do something about this. Is that the guy with the old balls? <laughs> I'm on channel two. Take me through this step by step. She's just she's just a woman with a with a plan at this point. Yeah. Uh, Muldoon and Ellie are outside making their way to the power shed. Uh, they notice that the raptors have officially gotten out at this point. Yeah. Uh, they get pretty close to that power shed. Uh, we can make it if we run. Uh, no, we can't. We're being hunted. Run towards the shed. I've got her. Yeah. <laughs> so Ellie runs, um, but she's also like swinging from vines and stuff oh, and yeah. like doing superhero pow- pose landing. It's Definitely. Like, he said run there, not like do cartwheels and stuff. Yeah. Get there, lady. <laughs> it's pretty intense. Get like, there. where does this come from? <laughs> she makes it there, though, and she's like, Mr. Arnold, Mr. Arnold. No answer. <laughs> uh, so it's time for Alan and crew to climb the electric fence now. Yeah. Uh, would you have liked Alan's joke that he plays on the kids? No. Not in that situation? Not in that situation. <laughs> I mean, it's funny in the movie, but no. Funny for us. It's funny for us, <laughs> not- but certainly not when a T-Rex is out on the loose <laughs> and some raptors. I think my reaction would have been something along the lines of, dude, you suck. This you, is not dude, appropriate time. You suck, <laughs> This is man. not appropriate. That's like a Michael Scott thing to do. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Worst timing possible. Um, plus, both of those kids could have easily slipped through the fence. 
Yes, at least the boy. <laughs> I at least think she, him. I think she could have made it too. And I think yeah. if Alan would have really tried, so I thought about this. If he would have gotten some like large leafy something and was able to braid a rope quickly, he could like tie the various sides apart and like make it get pulled further apart by yeah. making it tighter and tighter and tighter. Yeah. So he could probably have gotten through it too. Probably. But climbing the fence is more exciting. More exciting. <laughs> it's much more exciting. Um, we're back over at uh, with ellie and she's got a bunch of buttons to push yep. and it's got that primer pump handle she's got a pump up and uh, so luckily for alan and the kids you know they've got some time to get over the fence plus that button to turn on the fence is the very last one yep the <laughs> so, last one the very last one so yeah get some uh, get some time to do it but they do get alerted to the power having been turned back on yeah and so alan's like just jump off the fence tim yeah. Just you gotta jump. jump. You, you gotta do it, dude. <laughs> I can't you, do it. You crazy? <laughs> you gotta do it, man. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. One, two, zap. Zap. He, he didn't make it. Yeah, he didn't make it. <laughs> uh so when he does land when uh uh when Malcolm well, not Malcolm, when Dr. Alan Grant catches him, yeah. which it looks like Sam Neal is actually catching that person. Yeah. I don't know if they did some CGI magic in there to put his face because they do that later with Lex in one of the scenes that we'll talk about. Um, he's uh, um, uh, Tim ends up being completely obscured by the foliage on the ground. So, I mean, obviously it was probably a slender woman that was flying through the air. And <laughs> yeah. Not yeah. Tim. You're right. <laughs> that was his stunt double was probably a very petite woman. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the power is back on at this point, and uh, Mr. Hammond, I think we're back in business, and we get that raptor jump scare. Yep. It was is really effective to oh, scare yeah. the hell out of Ellie at that point, but why is the raptor back there? Why is the raptor back there? What is back there? There shouldn't be anything back there, and if he's just like behind a thin layer of... Uh, conduit and stuff. Yeah. When Ellie's in there doing all that stuff, it would have came out and yeah. killed her. Why? Yeah. Why was it waiting <laughs> until that? Yeah. And if the only entrance to that thing is the door, are you? There's just no way. Why would that raptor go in the door and down the steps there? Exactly. Yeah, just no. And no. And I liked the jump scare, but the the holes in that s- sequence are too very it's obvious. Too much. It's too much. And then she's going crazy. She's yep. climbing up instead of trying to go out the door right away. <laughs> we don't know why that's happening. <laughs> and then she's able to basically overpower the raptor with yep. this flimsy ass little wire door <laughs> yep. that he then breaks through ten seconds later. Uh, yeah, this whole scene is it's it's like officially in horror movie territory it definitely where yeah. horror movies you just have to take it for what it is and understand that stuff's not going to always make sense it's supposed to scare you right yeah. so i can appreciate it for that but oh i can definitely appreciate it's still it. difficult to get past yeah <laughs> when the raptors get more heavily involved it becomes more of a horror movie. yeah too. absolutely it does and the, the the tone of the movie really does change quite a bit when yeah. during this last sequence here there just should have been more blood it would if it was more blood straight up horror movie right exactly yeah um ellie does escape the power shed and she shuts the door behind her seemingly trapping the raptor (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but not before she gets a pat on the back from uh, mr arnold yeah (laughs) that was a pretty gruesome scene definitely a dismembered arm and it it wasn't bloody it was pink but it wasn't bloody yeah but still poor mr arnold we don't even get to see his death yeah at least show us his death seriously show us his death (laughs) sorry (laughs) <laughs> uh, Muldoon is in the forest though Jungle? Forest? Jungle? Jungle? Something Jungle? Jungle Jungle uh, Does he know his fate immediately As soon as he tells Ellie to run off Before she's even in the shed I mean he's got to Right? 
He's got to know. There's his no fate. way he just doesn't know that Raptors work in teams. Right. You know, come on. He's just trying to give Ellie some time. Yeah, that's all it is. Um, and we already commented on this. He sh- why didn't he have his gun just like ready to go? Yeah, it, just completely ready to go. I, I, right away, I, as soon as you grab it. You put in the bullets and you get it ready to go. Yep. What if the rafter is right outside the door? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I didn't do this. I didn't do it. Clever girl. Clever girl. And he dead. And he dead. Like, pretty, like, that was right for the face. Yeah, right to the face. Right to the face. I think they were smart, though. Didn't this movie only have a $20 million budget? I think you said last time it was, like, really low, and we were surprised. It was low. It was was low. They did smart things like that by using the foliage to cover him getting devoured by this raptor. Yes. There's a lot of smart little decisions like that to save money. There really is. Um, we get to see that CPR on Tim. Um, it's got to be a little bit awkward for Joseph Mazzello, right? The actor playing Tim, yeah. getting kissed by a grown man for yeah. a movie. Yeah. It's just got to be a little weird. A little bit weird. A little bit weird, but I'm, you're getting paid lots of money. Yeah, so, that's uh, true. So worth it. I, mean, I don't know. I guess I would do it if they're going to pay me millions of dollars. True. So, uh, Tim comes to and says three. <laughs> Funny bit. I liked it. Uh, it's a good time for a joke. Give us a little bit of stress relief in the movie. So yeah. I liked it a lot. Um, Alan, Tim, Lex, uh, they all finally make it to the main building at the park. And Alan leaves them in the dining room to go find the others. He ditches them. She's got no problem getting left behind this time. But yeah. She ditches them. Uh, I love the, uh, before he leaves, he calls Tim the giant human piece of toast, right? Is that yeah. human, human piece of toast? I like that a lot. Uh, Tim and Lex, they hit the big time on the food in that room. Yeah. It has been sitting out for like 48 hours, but, but pretty hungry. Yeah. I love the bit with the two um, pie-serving spatulas that yeah. Tim has. He's just going to dig in. Yeah. I love that bit. It was really good. Very priceless, the look on his face. Um, Alan and Ellie find each other. Um, they do share a hug at this point. Yes, yes. A very weird scene, though. So. She says, run! Run! And he runs towards her, and then they hug, and then they hug. Yeah, it's like she's, you know, it seems like the first time you see it, she's alerting him. Right. And saying run, and then you realize she's saying that to herself, like, come up with the strength to run. Is that what run. she's doing? Run! And then she does it, and she's, like, relieved to make it to him. I don't get it, though. I think that's the correct take on the scene. She's yeah. not telling him to run. She's telling herself to run. Yeah. Weird. Because she's like limps yeah. as she's running. But I, I hate how she drags that flashlight behind her when she's yeah. escaping from the the raptor. Me too. I hate that so yeah. much. Like, I, just rip it off your belt. Pick it up. <laughs> or pick it up or rip it off your belt. Seriously. One of the two. So, yeah, I get... Wow. Um, I think that's the correct take on it. She was gathering the will to make herself move. Yeah. That makes the scene make some sense then at least a little bit. A little bit. Um, the kids are eating. Raptors in the house. Raptors in the <laughs> house, baby. Hide in the kitchen. Uh, the raptor snot on the porthole. Love that. Yeah. It's been parodied a billion times. Yeah. Um, Ellie and uh, Alan are back with Malcolm and Hammond now, and um, Alan is uh, locked and loaded now, too. Yeah. He likes those guns, I guess. Yeah, locked I guess. and loaded. Uh, there are only two rapper- raptors. Uh, the third one's contained. Yeah, unless they figure out how to open doors. Oh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, they figured out how to open doors. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way. <laughs> you don't know it yet, but they figured it out. Uh, back in the kitchen, uh, we get uh, Lex going, Timmy, what is it? It's a velociraptor. 
It's an awesome scene. Yeah. Awesome scene. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. This is one Dare of Dare we say iconic? Um, I don't think I'll go. No, it is iconic. <laughs> it is it's iconic. iconic. It's iconic, iconic, iconic. Uh, the cat and mouse game is so intense. Yeah. Uh, the CG and the practical effects look really, really good in really this good. low low light environment. Yeah. It looks super good and would hold up, I think, to any movie of today. Yeah. It, it looks really good. It's very... Very realistic. It's very. It grabs me and pulls me into the scene every time I watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way they click their uh, their nails on the ground, it makes you feel like their intelligence, right? Yeah. And then especially when uh, the one jumps on top of the rows of counters, is like yeah. the rows of tables. Uh, like they know something's up. They know that the kids are in here and just yeah. got to be able to spot them. Uh, Lex distracts the raptors. Was her plan to fake the raptor out with the reflection? No. Or, Happy accident. A happy accident. Happy accident. Definitely happy okay, accident. Okay, happy accident. Um, if it was planned, pure genius. Yeah. Pure genius if right. it was planned. Because um, if it didn't go to plan and she just was successfully closing that door, would she not just be screwed? She would at least I, be very trapped. Very trapped. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess maybe Grant saves her eventually with the shaddies, but... Maybe. Maybe. I feel like they would have... She would have... Not suffocated, but definitely had a panic attack in that. That's true. That's true. Definitely. <laughs> so maybe she wouldn't have died necessarily in there in the short time, but uh, she definitely would have been trapped. This happy accident worked well. Happy accident. <laughs> it worked very well. Uh, Lex runs off at this point. Uh, it's pretty ballsy to get out of there and run yeah. right by that yeah. dinosaur. Uh, and Tim makes a break for the cooler with that last vera- velociraptor chasing him down. They both slip in the cooler and fall. Yeah. Uh, Tim makes it out and slams the cooler door in the raptor's face. In the raptor's face. Lex comes screaming and helps Tim shut the door. Yes. And they lock it. Lex and Tim are intensely strong. Intensely strong. <laughs> they are stronger than Grant and Statler in the next scene coming up somehow. <laughs> Yes. Like, if Tim is this strong, why the hell don't they call Tim to come help <laughs> close that door when they're struggling? Or be like, grab the shotgun for us. <laughs> like, she tries with her foot. Tim's just standing there jumping around and screaming, like, do something, Tim. <laughs> do I something, heard you Tim. have superhuman strength. Get over here. Like, yeah, I that bothers me, too. For me, it's the worst bit in the whole movie. Yeah. This instance, and this is yeah. the worst bit, even worse than Ellie in the power shed. Right. Yeah. She's at least an adult. Right, exactly. Right? Like, that's hard enough to get over, but you can this, no. Yeah, they had no chance. No. Uh, it is interesting, too, that the raptor lets them go. The raptor watches them go and lets them go. So that must be the smart one, the big one that they Ooh. talk about. I can never tell the difference between the three raptors when they're together. R- right. When they're together, not at all. But now that you say it, that's got to be the smart one yeah. at the end. Because that's mother. the strongest one, right. then, obviously, that they right. can't even hold back. So. Right. So that's got to that's gotta be the smart one, I guess. Yeah. So... All three raptors make an, an appearance again. So does the smart one pull the lock out of the thing and let it out of the freezer? Definitely. It's, I mean, that's the only it, explanation it, for uh, it. Obviously. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, Allie, Lex, Alan, and Tim regroup in the control room now. Yeah. <laughs> this makes me think of the video game. This control room and all the stuff in it. Oh, just yeah. the way it, it makes me think of the video game. 100%. Uh, they need to reboot the system to make the phones and uh, to make to use the phones and to re-engage all the locks. Our raptor friends intend to make that a hard thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's their intent to yeah. kill them. Uh, good thing we have a hacker in the group, though. Good thing there's a ha- It's a unit system. I know this. I know this. <laughs> I got to find the right file. The way she uses the mouse, 
I can't get over it. No. It's the weirdest thing ever. You're a hacker? There's no way. It's the weirdest thing ever. And I have no idea what a Unix system at the time would look like on a computer. Yeah. I got to believe the way it's displayed on that computer is very Hollywood. Very Hollywood. It doesn't look like that at all. There's zero chance. Zero chance. Yeah, I agree. That she's navigating a 3D environment in a computer in 1992 to find individual files? No. I don't think so. No. no. It looks good on TV. It, it looks, looks good on TV. On the screen or um, on TV. Right. right. It looks good on in the movie. It looks good for like a Hollywood thing. Yeah. But there's no way that no way that's how it is. We right? need a unit system expert to uh, come email yes. this podcast. I know there's somebody out there's there. There's someone. Email us, overdue homework podcast at gmail.com. Boom. Uh Lex does it though and she locks the doors. You name it, we got it. Yeah. <laughs> the weirdest look in the whole movie when she does just like her excited <laughs> open mouth, like, we got it. <sighs> She got some of that coke that uh, <laughs> yeah. she's at Nedry's desk. Right? That's true. She got That's some of that true. coke Nedry had. <clears throat> um, Alan calls Hammond. Uh, Mr. Hammond, the phones are working. Call the mainland. Uh, tell them to send the damn helicopters. Like now. <laughs> <laughs> but ah, yes, the raptor is trying to bust in. Yep. <laughs> it's going to come through the glass. <laughs> Gunshots and Hammond screaming, Grant, uh, <laughs> over the phone. And that gun jams. He must just be really bad. Like the the actual like cartridge was bent in the thing. Like, dude, you must he must not know how to work a gun. (laughs) So your gun jams. Next logical thing, climb into the ceiling. Climb into the ceiling. <laughs> Just climb into that ceiling. A uh, little whack-a-mole with the raptor, right? Yeah. Um, and then they, Alan gets in two good kicks and knocks the raptor down, and then uh, uh, Lex falls through the hole, right? So this is where they took... A, that's a stunt double, obviously, doing that stunt. They use CG effects to put Lex's face on that stunt double. Oh, okay. So when she's looking up surprised, if you really pay attention to that scene and, like, pause it, you can, like, see a dark line around her face and stuff where they superimposed it. Oh, okay. So it's a very valiant effort. It's on screen for less than a second. Yeah. And it's enough for your brain to be like, yep, that's her. I don't have any doubt that that's her. Right. And so it, it works really, really well. I just happen to know that it's not that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, they escape further into the HVAC system, which has got the most gigantic things. Gigantic, uh, what do you want to call them? Uh, duct. Ducting. Yeah. Ducts. <laughs> ducts. <laughs> There's too many K's and T's and S's and ducts. Yeah. Too much. Um, super, super duper convenient scaffolding. Right oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, why is that even up there? Seriously. <laughs> no reason for it to even be up there. Um, <laughs> no reason at all. <laughs> it's just the weirdest <laughs> thing ever. Um, we get a reappearing raptor threat and uh, four of them. It's The four of them are now hanging for dear life from the T-Rex skeleton, right? Yep. Um, if that's not a stunt double hanging onto that tail, Laura Dern is just getting whipped around. Yeah, that yeah. Scene. When I watched this movie again for the first time, it was a, I had seen the movie before, obviously. During that scene, I laughed out loud because I was like, oh my God, she's getting whipped around. <laughs> yeah. It was very funny to me. Um, but the whole thing comes crashing down and they're all surrounded by the raptors now yep. uh t-rex to the rescue heroic music and all right? oh yeah he is the secret hero of the movie right secret hero of the movie i mean he only kills the dope right you know he really so, only does I mean, 
And he's more interested in killing other dinosaurs than he is killing those people. Yeah, because he lets all four of them just run on by. He does. Um, They all escape to awaiting Dr. Hammond and Dr. Malcolm. Mr. Hammond, after careful consideration, I have decided not to endorse your park. Me neither. (laughs) So have I. So have I. (laughs) So have I. Super duper uber immensely iconic <laughs> t-rex roar as the banner falls down in front of him yeah goosebumps just it's like goosebump. more marketing for the movie yes. itself it's just so good absolutely love it uh so did you know that the end of this movie was supposed to be completely different i did not completely different in the script the end of the film didn't originally have the t-rex showing up at all and saving the group from the velociraptor so no t-rex uh, Spielberg thought the audience would hate him if they didn't see the T-Rex one last time. So that's why they decided to use it. Uh, the ending was that uh, the T-Rex. OK, so in the script, the T-Rex skeleton in the entrance was hooked up to pulleys and levers. And Grant was going to use those pulleys and levers to maneuver the skeleton's head and feet to crush the raptors. OK, like a giant puppet. Right. I want to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> I'm really glad they changed I'm it. I'm glad they changed that, though. <laughs> Way more epic and, like, great to have T-Rex come back. Yeah. Spielberg is a genius of movie making. Obviously. And made the right decision. Because marionette T-Rex skeleton should have just had yet should have just had yakety sax the playing behind it the yeah. Benny Hill song <laughs> <laughs> just stamping on those just stamping on all those uh, all those raptors That's seriously <laughs> I'm glad that they did it the way that they did uh, Hammond takes now they're now they're getting ready to take off on the helicopter they're all the way at that helicopter pad now Hammond takes one last somber look at the park I mean he's looking out into the ocean again at the ocean again but, but... Uh, he's looking at the park he's looking sad at his failure and just as the movie began, it's ending the same way. You yep. know, his hopes completely dashed. You know, completely different man. They take off in the helicopter, and the six surviving people, six surviving people, <laughs> fly off into the sunset. Yeah, it's like almost a western ending, right? Yeah, they just fly off into the sunset. Yep. I love it. Uh, do you think when uh, Alan, uh, Doctor Alan Grant, is uh, looking at the the crane flying, like is he? Like, imagining a dinosaur flying? I feel like he is. He's, like, point proven. Point proven. I don't know. It kind of gets that vibe when that's happening. There are no flying dinosaurs in this movie whatsoever. Yeah. There's not a single one. They don't even talk about them. You don't see any images of them. Yep. So is this maybe even throwing the audience a bone by showing something flying in the sky? Right, because you hear a bunch of other wildlife throughout Uh the movie, but you don't see anything. So Mm. this is, like, the first time seeing anything else other than dinosaurs yeah he must just be maybe he's even thinking this is the only dinosaur i'm gonna see are birds i'm never gonna go see another dinosaur again that was my opportunity now i have birds so i saw them but now i got birds yep i'm gonna (laughs) stick with the birds birds. until number two (laughs) (laughs) yeah they fly off into the sunset roll credits i don't know if i said that roll credits roll credits uh steven spielberg gave the cast a gift um and they were signed Velociraptor models. Nice. Um, apparently, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, Ariana Richards, and Joseph Manzanello all have them in their houses still. Jeez. I'd love to have one. That'd be cool. I'm not ever going to get one, but I'd love to have one. Yeah. Um, also, one final thing about how much money this movie made for Steven Spielberg. Um, he made $250 million off of Jurassic Park. Jeez. That is the largest sum any one person has made from a single movie ever. 
Jeez, to Two, date. To so. date, yeah. Woo. $250 million he made off of the back end of that movie. Crazy. Dang, man. Dang, <laughs> dude. Dang, man. <laughs> That's pretty dang crazy. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, Trav, what did you think? So good, dude. Yeah. Does it, I mean, does it get better or more iconic <laughs> than <laughs> Jurassic Park? I mean, seriously. Every damn scene in that movie brings back memories. It doesn't. I don't yeah. think I don't think it I does. Do, I don't think it does. I, it's if you've been listening since the beginning, this is one of the movies I had at my mom's, so I've seen it so many times that I wouldn't say it's ever a hassle to watch any of these movies, but whenever it comes to the day we're gonna record and I have to try to pack in two watches, I'm like, Ugh, it's but a bit with much. this one <laughs> no problem. That's like awesome. I can I can just have this on in the background, repeat after repeat. I was like Thinking I was weird to myself as I started the second one and was smiling again. I'm like, why am I excited to watch this right after I just watched it again? <laughs> Sign of but a good damn, movie. dude, this movie is just good. Yeah. It's so good. And if it took us doing this for you to see this movie, you're welcome. You're welcome. But, but I would assume 99.9% of people have seen this movie already. And just got to enjoy watching it again. Exactly. Um, I totally agree with you. It's hard to get better than Jurassic Park. Um, the only thing that I could even think of that maybe, like, for me at least, maybe, like, the first Matrix movie kind of holds a lot of scenes that you really are like, wow, yeah. wow, 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 wow. Right. And that's another instance of a movie that had a lot of firsts in it. Yeah. Same thing with this movie, a lot of firsts. Yeah. And, and you can have firsts like this movie had or The Matrix has, has if you do them as good as Jurassic Park did it. Right, correct. And without that this movie doesn't hold up yeah you know and it's like you said watching this movie is never a chore yeah it's just great i can't wait to introduce this one to my daughter i can't wait to watch this one with her um i think it can happen sooner than later it's a little it's a little scary but i think maybe eight or nine i think you could probably do it so Mm -hmm. i can't wait to do it i can't wait to do it i really really enjoyed this um would you do you have anything else you would like to talk about Trav, I do not think so. Since you said you had nothing else to say about Jurassic Park, how about we talk about the homework assignment? Let's do it. We are doing DBZ. DBZ. That's Dragon Ball Z for the layman. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And we are going to do the Saiyan Saga. So that's basically the first season. Uh, We are going to concentrate concentrate on the Raditz Saga this time around. Um, I am going to not murder all of these Japanese names. Yeah. Don't so even. I'm not even going to do it. Yeah. Don't do it. I will add this information onto the show notes so you can read them for yourself. Yeah. Produced by a lot of great people that are pioneers in the anime, well, in the Dragon Ball Z style of anime field, you know? Yeah. Um, obviously, based on a very iconic <laughs> manga, <laughs> right? Uh, great music. Um, it's a Toei ima- uh, Animation Studio. is originally for Fuji TV, and its original run was from April 26th, 1989 to January 31st, 1996, and there are a total of 291 episodes. Ooh. And if you guys like this a lot, we'll get to them. Oh, we will. We will get to them. Whether we'll well, you like it or not. No, just kidding. <laughs> Uh, so we are going to do episodes one through six. And number one is the new threat. Number two is reunions. Number three is unlikely alliance. Number four is Piccolo's plan. Number five is Gohan's rage. And number six is no time like the present. Uh, Trav, do you have anything that you want to talk about these episodes? 
No, the only thing that I was going to say is it's surprising how fast the Raditz saga is done. I didn't think it was that quick, but it's done in the, this first segment we're going to do with six episodes. Yeah, it seems like he has a bigger role in the anime overall, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. It does, and he really doesn't. Yeah. He gets I mean, referenced. Yeah, but... right, he gets referenced, but... I mean, he's Kakarot's brother, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah, he's Kakarot's brother. Yeah. O- older brother, correct, yeah. yeah. Uh, that, that's Goku. <laughs> <laughs> for the layman. For, for the layman. <laughs> and you can find it on Funimation or on DVD and Blu-ray. I think it's even, I don't know how many of the episodes are available on the various streaming services, but I think you can find it on a couple of them. Maybe. I, yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I feel like sure DBZ is the one that's not that's on not Hulu. On, no. So, I mean, obviously, if you have Funimation, it's yeah. all on there. But Which, I think it's not even Funimation anymore. I think it's just Crunchyroll now. Oh, okay. I think it is. Um, but I have the DVD Blu-ray, so I'm not worried about it too yeah. much. Um, if you really want to find it, you can find it. You can find it. Um, With that out of the way. Trav, hit me with the outro. It's time to get into some emails. So our first email comes from Timotheus1978. He has emailed this before, and he says, Hey guys, I'm still loving the show, so keep it up. He says he'd love to hear us review Tommy Boy and Blues Brothers. So Done and done. Done and done. They've been officially added. One of them might be hitting you sooner than later, Timotheus. Uh, next email here comes from Frady Cat 83 wants to know something we were afraid of as a kid that we are no longer afraid of. Or, you know, if you're still afraid, Drew, now's the time to talk about it. <laughs> um, I'm afraid of death. But, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every human being should have some fear of death that's in some level or not. I, I would guess. hope so. Uh, but as a child, I was actually, like, pretty afraid of the nighttime in the dark. Oh, for like, sure. Like, it wasn't, like, an intense fear of the dark or anything like that, but I was the kid that even in the summertime, if it was 100 degrees outside, and my parents never ran the air when I was a kid because they were cheap, uh, I would still have full blankets up to my head. Yeah, you know, I because you know blankets are your magic shield, right? For sure, for sure. So it didn't for the longest time. I could not sleep without like full sheet comforter top blanket. Yeah, even if it was a hundred degrees, just I would just sweat my ass off in bed all <laughs> night. And looking back on, it, I'm like, dude, you were a dumb kid. You know, <laughs> you're but a dumb kid. You can't you can't rationalize some of those fears sometimes. Definitely you know what I mean? Not. Definitely uh, not. How about you, man? I, I get way too hot, so I definitely didn't do that. But I'm I was afraid of the same thing. I put that the dark. Like again, not immensely afraid, yeah. but I mean, I had a Michelangelo nightlight that I think I used longer than probably should have. But I mean, it was a stained glass thing that my grandma made, Heck so yeah. that was pretty damn cool. But I don't know, just like the sounds, and then I and I lived in an old house, mm-hmm. and there was an attic up there that was very sketchy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know any time I heard something like, Ugh. but now, man, do I love the dark. Lauren gets pissed at me all the time because I never want to turn lights on. <laughs> I just like embrace the dark. I was born into it, molded by it. But yeah, the dark would used you, to be afraid. Not w- anymore. Would you like two quick ghost stories? Let's hear them. Okay, so I don't know if I necessarily believe in ghosts or not. But I have two experiences from our house on Perry Street that I still can't explain to this day when I was a kid. Sure. So my bed faced it was it was two sets of, it was a set of bunk beds that were not stacked up on top of each other. They were set up as two beds in my room. And so one bed that I slept on, if I turned one direction, I would look directly out my door and all the way down the hallway into the living room. Sure. So it was just a rambler in my house. You know, it was just my house was just a rambler. Um, one night I woke up and at the end of the hall, there was a shadowy figure, probably about 
three to four feet tall, just wading back and forth, wading back and forth, wading back and forth. And that's that was intense. I remember it very vividly still to this day. I don't know what it was. I can't explain it. Uh, I'm way too good at picturing this because it's giving me the chills. It's just it's just like a shadowy figure. There was no there was no distinct features or anything like that. It was more of just kind of like an ovalish blob type of thing, just leaning back and forth, back and forth. Okay, enough about that. I'm going to dream about it tonight now, probably. (laughs) Uh, The other one was I woke up on my back and my beds were in like an L. So if I looked forward from waking up on my back, I could see the other bed against the other wall. There were two figures that kind of reminded me of TV static moving up and down on the bed. Yikes. So those are my two really scary ghost stories that happened to me. Now, looking back on those things, I think I may have been having like night sleep paralysis or something like that, having read about that stuff. So I think that might have been what I was dealing with, hallucinating these things. Right. But I'm 39 years old, and these things happened to me well over 30 years ago, and I still vividly remember them. I can recall the images very very vividly. Whew. Yeah, it's chills. I mean, definitely give me some chills. I don't know if I believe in ghosts or not, but that happened to me. <laughs> right, definitely. Whew. Uh, next email here comes, Sorry. <laughs> comes from another Christmas, another disappointment. Wants to know what was a toy that you always wanted but you never got. Toy I always wanted but never got. Mm. It was probably like those larger like sets that you would get for like Ninja Turtles or for GI Joes. Like, oh yeah, you know, like the. G.I. Joe's, I was pretty into G.I. Joe's as a kid, and there was some really big Cobra stuff that I just, I, I was never going to get. For that, sure. It was that stuff. I would always circle it in the catalog for Christmas time, and I would get a few figures instead of, like, a really cool thing. Yeah, yeah. It's just the way it goes, you know? I always Obviously. wanted that stuff, never got it. I wish yeah. I would have. Um, I was an only child, so I'm not going to pretend like I didn't get a decent amount of the things I asked for, for sure. when I was a kid. But I remember one thing that I always loved on commercials that I'm guessing my dad never got because it'd be a mess was that... Creepy crawlies oh, where you would make yeah. like spiders and whatever, and then they glow in the dark yeah. or whatever. It's like a easy bake for a guy. Yeah, <laughs> whatever, that's what it like. was. How'd that song go? Creepy crawlies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was that's what I wrote down on here. Uh, last one here is my question for Drew. Were you an accessory kid? Did you have necklaces, wristbands, so, anything like that? Uh, friendship bracelets were pretty big when I was a kid, so I would wear them on my wrists, and actually had some on my ankles too when I was a kid. Yep. Um, I got a crucifix for my first communion. Sure. So I used to wear the heck out of that on a necklace, you yep. know. Oh boy. Yep. Had a little golden <laughs> Jesus on it. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I I wore that a whole bunch. So yes, yeah. I guess I was an accessories kid. I never yeah. really thought of it in that way, but yes, I was an accessories kid for sure. Were you? I mean. Unfortunately, yes. I know there was for sure some like cringy like shell necklaces that oh, I wore yeah. multiple times. Like ooh, hemp necklaces. I forgot hemp about necklaces. Yes, like yes. Renaissance type uh, year period. Yes, like you yes. go buy that and then I'm wearing that in the general public. Just wearing it to know, school. Don't thinking, know what I was thinking. Thinking you look cool. I uh, had the left ear pierced and I had like the silver hoops with the colored ball, yes. like a sapphire ball. And then my cousin had the red one and my other cousin had the green one. Nice. And just like oh man. And, you know, the I didn't get super into, like, the Livestrong bracelets, mm. but eventually I was wearing the I Love Boobies bracelet yeah, for, for sure. breast cancer or whatever. But, yeah, most of that was very cringy accessory. Do thing. me a favor. 
bring the earring back. <laughs> do it, man. <laughs> rock the earring, man. Can't do it, rock, man. Not maybe that earring. Just rock an earring. Do yeah. it, man. Do it. Uh, I could. <laughs> it's probably sealed up at this point, but I could probably push her through. When was the last time you had an earring in? For sure, high school. High school, so it's been a I while. I don't think I even wore it like up to senior year. Yeah. I think... I wore this like super heavy fake diamond earring sweet. freshman, not sweet, <laughs> no, not very sweet, sweet, from someone who could pull it off, and I put it in my ear, and I remember just like getting made fun of it for it that day. I'm like, okay, so not the diamonds. And I went back to like the <laughs> sapphire hoops, and then I don't know, probably lasted till sophomore year, and I'm like, I should probably just take this out. Don't take offense to this, but you strike me as somebody that would have had an eyebrow piercing at one point. Nope. Never? Nope. Did you ever want one? No, no. I did not. How no. about the lip piercing? Never wanted lip, eyebrow, nose, anything. The only thing I ever thought was cool was the earlobes. The earlobes. Yep. The earlobe. I yep. never considered like the, you know, I've got a cousin who's got like the cartilage piercing. Piercings yeah. and all sorts. Never did that. I never had any piercings. Now I'm too old to probably get one. So yeah, I don't think yeah. I ever will. Definitely <laughs> agreed. Um, but yeah, that wraps up emails. Uh, it's been a very fun episode. Yeah, man. it was a lot of fun. Um, thanks for listening. We have some great things lined up for the rest of 2023. Uh, check us out and follow us on Instagram and Facebook for weekly posts, updates, homework assignments. And as always, don't forget to tune in to the next exciting episode of the Overdue Homework Podcast.